What up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in here to this wonderful Yahoo lineup build for the afternoon. I don't get too many of these early shows, but this is sweet. I get to get in, get out, and build some lineups. It gives me plenty of time here. So today, I'm joined by Big T. We're going to put together some a Yahoo lineup for you, talk about the process here, some players we like for tonight. It's going to be a fun night. Let's just let me bring him in here. We've already been talking basketball, me and Big T, earlier today. So now we're going to double dip and get into some baseball. It's just a well, you could do that and, and be fully it just, just means it's a good time of year, Big T. What's going on out there in uh, Big Blue Nation? It's cold out there today, man. It's rainy and cold. Yesterday was like 75. Today, rainy and cold. A lot of these games are getting canceled, too. What are we? What was that thing they kept calling earlier? The, the cyclone or something? Was the cyclone coming back? <laughs> That's why you hit up that Elks Lodge for the last as You can get out of that nasty weather, man, right? Oh, man. People were pooping in the pool. It was <laughs> an adventure at the lodge. Man, you're, you're bringing back some memories of the first time I took my oldest boy to the pool. He was about, he was still in diaper, he was a youngster, and I didn't have any place to go at the time, so I took him to just some hotel pool. I just snuck in there and, and went up in the pool with him, and about an hour into it, he was having a blast, but boy, he, he shit in his diaper, man, and I had to get out, I had to get out before somebody realized I had to flip the speed, but that's the way, that's the way, that's the way fatherhood is, man. Don't even clean them up. Just throw them in the car and get home, man. Let the pool people deal with it, man. That's how you got to roll, right? That's how it's done. That, that's, that's the way to do it. That's I mean, how you I'll, sneak into the pools, too. Yeah, I, if I wanted to clean up, I'd just take them, taking them somewhere at home, man. No, I'd let them clean it up. Anyways, yeah, we got, we got some good stuff here. We're going to get, it's going to be fun, but we do got a lot of weather issues. Before we even get into, before we get into any of this at all, first up, I need your help with something here, man. Pull it up the Sharp Side app. If you guys didn't know, they got a promo going right now. It's the Sharp Side Streak. What you got to do is just go in there every night and just pick a game, just one game, and you lock it in. It's your streak. If you win, you got your streak and it's still going. If you lose, no big deal. You start over, lock in a new team the next night, and you start a new streak. Longest streak at the end of the cutoff time is going to get a prize. So one cutoff time already came and went. We got another one, uh, the 22nd, I believe it is. So we got plenty of time to start a new streak if you haven't got in there yet. And there's going to be another one after that, too. So you got plenty of time here to get your streak going. I got me a little mini streak going on basketball. I've been playing some basketball. So for tonight, let me get your input here. I got, I'm taking Orlando plus the six. I'm taking Indiana minus the three. I'm also locking in OKC minus the eight. So I got to pick one of those, though. Has got to be my streak. I only can pick one. So which one are you favoring there out of Orlando, Indiana, OKC? True. Last night, those games were easy in the NBA, too. Oh, they they were. Oh, they get much easier. Yeah. But tonight, I think yeah, we just got done doing the NBA show together. I think Indiana is my favorite tonight. Like, they played them tough the first two games. Boston obviously pulled away late both times. But, man, I, I like Indiana a lot tonight. Numbers only two and a half or three, and I think they, they they're going to win this game tonight. So give me give me a lock button on the old Pacers tonight. It's minus three, I'm locking in the Pacers. Hopefully, I can keep that streak alive, and I'd like to be the last man standing there. That'd be fun, man. It's just something to look forward to. So, if you haven't already got in there, guys, get that sharp side app downloaded. Get your streak going. I mean, this is real like money. Thousand bucks too for yeah, that. Yeah, this, this is a real deal. You take that thousand, they put you, they give you some FanDuel credits. It's just like cash. You play in the games, you cash it out if you want to. So, 
get in there, sharp side up. It's good stuff. But uh, for now, we got to deal with some baseball here. Enough talk about basketball. We got a little slate. We had a nice little slate. We're getting cut down now by a couple of postponements. I'm going to build a lineup for you guys on Yahoo eventually. Uh, but uh, we got to deal with a lot of weather issues. In fact, let's pull up the man, the legend, Kevin Roth. What is he? You should know better than I do. Does Kevin Roth have a have a wet jumper or what, man? I heard he was pretty good at basketball, man. I don't know. I mean, he might be good if it was like a under five foot four league or something. I mean, he's a little oh. fellow though. He's got the guns, oh. but I mean, he, maybe like the under under uh, five eight league. I don't, he crushing that. I said, I think I, was it him that had the video where he's shooting jumpers against the uh, against the chair that she was acting yeah. like the chair was the defender. He was crossing up the chair, and yeah, I mean, he was getting into it a little bit. All right. Well, he's a, he's a really good weather guy. I don't know how much of the basketball, but he's a good weather guy. So let's take a look real quick because tonight is one of those nights you got to keep your eyes on the weather. You need to you need to be uh, very aware of what's going on. I mean, last night I wasn't even paying attention, and I got caught with uh, Jay Bruce in a in a very good lineup. I had, I had a chance to crush last night. I had Jay Bruce. Not saying I would have crushed, but he didn't even get in the line. I don't even think he played last night. I wasn't even paying attention. So you got to stay aware of the weather and the lineups, guys. Tonight, we've already got two games down. Our Minnesota at Baltimore is postponed. We ain't got to worry about that. Actually, that takes a, a big ace off the board for me. Berrios was a, was a big ace for me. And another one, Kluber's off the board. Atlanta at Cleveland, postponed. Not going to play it. So, we got two down, and we got some more to go here. Taking a look at this man's weather tool here. And this is, this is big-time stuff here at RG. You got you to get into San Francisco at Pittsburgh. is an orange-red, okay? When I see the guy lay a red out there, Makes me very leery of playing that game. He's got it. He's got a red on this. Some storms coming in the air. It's uh, he he doesn't feel good about it. So we got to worry about that. He's got a yellow orange on a couple of games. KC, New York, Chicago, Detroit, yellow orange, yellow orange. Not as bad, but uh, you still got to keep your eye on it, man. So and then also we got we got other weather out there. He's pointed out some other things. Uh, Philly, Colorado looks fine, and uh, Texas has a little bit of a stream blowing out. And if you're not familiar with the Texas ballpark, man, it, the wind doesn't really do a ton for you, but it does have these jet streams. It could be going in or out, depending on the wind direction. So it's blowing out tonight. Bottom line, if you get one up it, just into that jet stream, it'll go out of there. It's not like a regular ballpark, though, but something to keep your eye on. So with that being said, let's, uh, let's start. Well, I guess we start off with some pitchers here, because is that how you tend to make your lineups? Do you just start off with the pitching, or you start off looking for the best stacks and hitters yeah I mean for me almost every day on these full slates when you got a full slate like I, I like to start with pitchers for the most part just to see kind of what the landscape is and sure if it's like a course field slate or uh, other slates with a ton of bats on the on the board maybe if you just absolutely love a stack you build around one stack but uh, on these full, I mean, before the rainouts, we had 14 games. We might lose. It looks like we're, we'll probably lose this Pittsburgh game, too, from the looks of it. So maybe we're down to 11. But that, that's still a massive slate with a decent amount of pitching. So for me, I like to start with pitcher. I mean, in mo most days I like to play the guys towards the top. But even if there's a good value, some days there's a good value guy that you want to play at pitcher to save money. and It's just a good spot to start. I always feel like you can find – cheap bats to plug in to fill spots if you need it but for me it's a good starting spot 
All right, we're gonna start. With, hey, man, before I even get started, one more thing I want to I want to ask you about. Can you even see me? Can you even see me on that screen? I can. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that mug. Can you see this right here? Have you tried these out right here? Yeah, I love them. What do you mean? Lifesavers butter rum. My wife got these because she found these. I'm not a big candy guy, but those things they're going are going down good, aren't they? Those things are delicious. They're they're pretty. I'm thinking about popping a couple for the show here, man, and get me through. Get it in there. Let's go. <laughs> I might have to. Let's talk about some pictures, man. Uh, okay, the big guy on the board here, and I got some bat projections pulled up on the screen because uh, I like using Cardi's projections, man. He's got some good stuff going on there. Like, uh, you know, projections in baseball are kind of a funny thing. Like, I don't uh, follow too much specific hitting uh, projections because it's, that's just a really tough thing. You know, a guy can hit a home run or not. It's a pretty binary outcome there. But pitching, I like to see where I like to see where he stacks guys up against against the other guys. And in this case, he's got Verlander. Even out there in Texas, even with that little bit of wind blowing out, he's got he's got Verlander as his ace on the board. And with the guys being postponed already, Barrios and Kluber off the board, and maybe more to come. How you ranking Verlander? And is that like it doesn't feel like in that spot he's got to be the go-to guy, but man, he's kind of like the last man left standing for a true ace out there. What do you think about Justin? Yeah, so I mean, I, I just got done saying I, I like to play the aces and stuff, <laughs> but I don't know on this slate. Like you said, the wind, the park, and then you just look at the pricing on Yahoo. Like on sites like DK and FanDuel, where the the pricing might not be as crazy. Like Yahoo, Verlander's 56, and these other guys are 35, 38, 43, 32. Like, all these next projected guys on, on Cardi's thing, they're just so much cheaper that if Verlander's going to get us 24, according to the projections, and a bunch of these other guys are going to get us around 20 for way cheaper. And I don't like the spot for Verlander, too, I should say. Like, sure, he's the best pitcher. If I build a stack – and I love the team, and I can fit Verlander, I'll play him for sure over these guys because I think he scores the most points. But I don't think we need him by any means, and I like a, I like a bunch of these other guys. Okay. I can get behind that because I also am not a huge fan of the spot he's in today. It's just really rough. I mean, he's he's been better at not giving up all the fly balls this year, but he's been a fly ball guy. Got a little jet stream working there. Not that it's hot in Texas because it's not hot anywhere in this country for some reason right now. It's cold regardless, but still not optimal out there. It's still not freezing or nothing. I'm looking out my window. It's pretty sunny out there. So not a great spot here. So I think we can move on there and try to find somebody else. If we're not looking at Verlander, and I'm looking up at the top of the board here as far as projections are concerned, he's got a guy like Kyle Hendricks. Well, Kyle Hendricks is off the board. All right, let's scratch that. And Kluber got scratched. His next guy up then would be Eduardo Rodriguez, who high upside, but man, is that kid volatile. He can get into some trouble sometimes. So take, take me through this next group of guys. We need to find somebody to plug in first and foremost. We're going to do Yahoo, so we need two pitchers. Take me through Eduardo, Caleb Smith, and these guys. Even Madison Bumgarner's up near the top of his rankings now. Talk me through these guys. Yeah, so th those are the next guys that I like a ton. I mean, you got Caleb, Eduardo, and Annabelle Sanchez, too. I, I like versus Miami. Just to start with Eduardo, because I think he's the most polarizing, just because he has the most upside, probably. And he's facing a Rays team that's been really good this year. However, I like, I like playing the Rays going against right-handed pitching, where they can play a lot of these lefties up top. 
and it's just a lot better spot for them. We still got a good park, and I just don't like Tampa as much versus lefties. So, Eduardo is risky, though. I mean, Tampa's been nice this year. They've been maybe the best team in baseball so far. So, it's tough, but that price point, man, 38 bucks is nice for Eduardo. You go to Caleb, and it's sim similar type thing. You're in a great ballpark, just like – where's he at? We got – yeah, we got a great ballpark. We got Miami is only a slight dog to Washington, who's been a pretty good team so far this year as well. And Miami with this terrible lineup makes a lot of sense too. Once you factor in that it's almost a pick them. I mean, they're plus 110 right now. So I don't know. I like Caleb's shown good stuff too the last couple of years when he's been healthy. I like him and then Annabelle in the same game, same park. So you got the three guys that are kind of on the top of my list, all in a good park. I mean, Annabelle going on this Miami team, last year we worried about them because they didn't strike out as much. They kind of battled you at the plate. But look at this lineup today. I mean, you got Alfaro in the four hole. You got Roas, Galloway, Herrera, six, seven, eight. I mean, this lineup's a disaster. So some people don't like to play the same pitchers or pitchers in the same game. I don't mind that at all, really. Sure, you sacrifice not being able to get both wins. But in a game like this, I just don't see many runs. So And there's a bunch of strikeouts to be had. So I like I like these three. And really the only other guy in that range, Rodon, I like a little bit. But I don't like him near as much as I like these three. Yeah, and we're, they're they're pretty cheap there too, man. It doesn't look like with with everything that's happened so far in, in the baseball today, doesn't look like we're going to have to spend up very much at pitcher to get a couple of really good ones. We're not really pushing it, so that's going to come back and help us later on in our stacks, and that's good because I got my eyes on some expensive guys I like. But uh, that's probably where we're going to go with our two pitchers here. Uh, I'm going to play in a GPP, so. I want some high upside. I don't mind taking a little risk, but uh, let's get let's work past that a little bit. Talk to me about some of these other guys coming up next. A little bit lower projection, but the reason they're not on my board is because we don't really need to save money with our second starting pitcher because both of them are going to be in the mid-range anyway. So talk to me about some of these next guys up on the board. Is there anybody you're looking at in the next range that, I mean, I'm looking at, okay, so maybe the most talented guy here is Marquez for Colorado, the Germinator, right? But he's in Colorado, man. He's at home, and, you know, I got I to gotta kind of eyeball that situation and think, is it really worth the risk? Do I want to play Marquez against Philly in Colorado when I – I got a pretty standard rule not to roster pitchers in Colorado unless it's like freezing cold weather or something like that. So, I don't know. Talk to me about – the Germinator and some of these other guys in this next range, and then we'll make our decision on a couple of pitchers. Yeah, like I, I, I love Marquez. Like he's a really good pitcher, but man, he's more expensive than those guys we just talked about. He's in cores. Philadelphia didn't do a ton yesterday in the game. I know that shouldn't impact today, but it's just one more thing. Like if they went off yesterday, maybe I'd be more willing to play Marquez, just bounce back spot, but. It's just I don't see the reason really to play him, even though he's probably outside of Verlander the second best pitcher on the board if you took away the course factor. And, I mean, this Philadelphia lineup is tough too. So, it's – I don't think I can do it. I mean, I don't completely hate it. He definitely has upside with his ability to strike guys out. But 
I just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it for a more expensive price point. And then you look at the rest of the guys, I mean, just going down the list, there's not a ton out there. Like some people are going to play guys like Strowman because he's only 33, but I don't know. I respect that Oakland lineup. I mean, they can, they can do a lot of damage, so I don't really want to go there. I mean, there's just so many guys in this mid range that don't really stick out. Those three guys we talked about or four, if you count Rodon are just so elite. Really the only other spot that catches my eye is the San Diego game. Both pitchers, actually. I mean, Strom hasn't looked great. Discalfini, always he's always felt solid to me, being a Cincinnati guy, living here and watching the Reds more than most teams. He's always been known as like a good real-life pitcher, not great fantasy. But at this price point in this park, I don't, I don't hate in a tournament playing Strom or Discalfini tonight. Interesting. Uh, also, another guy in there is uh, Ross Stripling, Dodgers. And I can tell you, Cheese, who is a very smart guy, one of your friends, one of your best friends, right? Cheese is good. He's, we, uh, he's, see, but we don't get to do shows together no more, I think. I don't know if we're still BFS. Yeah, it's probably got got to be something to do with Dean. He's, he's out there throwing monkey wrenches in this whole thing, man. Yeah. I don't know what's – he's got us on the early show. We should be on the primetime show, man. Why is Dean not doing this show? That's terrible. This is for the warm-up guys right here. That's why Dean should be on. This is ridiculous. But we're the fluffers. We can't be the fluffers. I mean, come on, man. Stripling, though. Cheese loves him some, some raw stripling. First Milwaukee, he loves stripling. No, no, no. I'm gonna say oh. he loves he loves raw stripling in general. But the matchup is so bad, he can't even recommend stripling today. So that that goes to tell you, as, as good as that skill set is, don't play him in, against Milwaukee. So we got that there. You know, yeah, I'm looking at the rest of these guys, and they just don't intrigue me too much. I think we covered the majority of them. You got to you, you hit on most of them, and if we didn't hit on them, they're probably not worth it. I mean, that's, I mean maybe you could play a guy like Wainwright, but again, like man, my I strategy, I can't feel like <laughs> our strategies are kind of the same too. Where we don't want to play like Dean, we don't want 10 percent of every dude. No, like, no, sure, if you want to play a ton of guys, then play Wainwright on a few. But like. These three guys we talked about, Eduardo, Annabelle, and Caleb, like, I just don't – and Verlander, like, if you play a, a cheap stack, play some Verlander still. But I just don't really see a reason to play more guys than that. Yeah, so I'm looking at it, and I think I'm going to narrow it down here to uh, Eduardo. With all the rain out so far, he's, he's getting the second highest projection from Cardi. I trust – I really trust Cardi on these pitcher projections. He's really good at it, and – you know, it's not it's not that he projects him at a certain – let me just see what the number is right here. You know, he's, he's got him at, see, 21 points, which is not bad, but it's not the 21 you're reaching. You're, you're, he's telling you that this guy has the second-highest opportunity now on the slate, you know, to, to score the most points. Or It's just a, it's a good scenario. So I'll take Eduardo, Eduardo's upside. And then I'm looking at Annabelle. You like Annabelle. I like Annabelle. You don't get much of a juicier matchup than this here in Miami. You get the we don't have to worry about the weather. It's a it's a piss poor lineup for the Marlins. It always is. Annabelle was good last year. He kind of re revived. He hadn't been as good this year, but man, if he's ever going to regain anything, this is the night to do it, right? So let's plug in some Eduardo and some Annabelle Sanchez. What do you say? Yeah, I'm good with any of that. And then if we need some savings, we can come from Annabelle down to Caleb or something. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, after that, we're going to. So my next step here, I got a couple pitchers I like and they're not super expensive. And I could even come back later and read and adjust the, the Annabelle, like you said. So 
my next step is typically let's look at some over-unders and things like that. Now, what would, what would your next step in your lineup building process be? Yeah, you always want to get comfortable with kind of where all, all, all the offenses are, where the chalk's going to be, where all that different things are going to be. On a slate like this, I mean, we got a lot of decent pitching in there. You got just looking at some of the totals, you got obviously Houston with a massive 5-8 right now implied total. Both course fields a little lower just because the pitchers are decent for, for course. You got the Rockies at 5-5, five, five, Phillies at 4-6, and then you got the Cardinals at 5. So, I mean, really we got more pitching on the slate than you would think by looking at the names. I mean, we got only really only three teams above five tonight. That's surprising on a big slate like this, which means whenever it's like that, so many people are trained just to look at the totals these days. So when you're playing a tournament, ownership matters a ton on these big slates. And with Houston having the massive total wind blowing out against a lefty, Houston and, and Coors is going to be a majority of the ownership right away, I would think. I mean, is that kind of what where your head's at too? Yeah. I mean, I would imagine Houston's going to – I don't know about Coors, man. I, you know, like you said with the pitching, maybe people uh, – Maybe not, people, the, not the Philly side probably as much, but like the Rockies have to get a little bit of ownership. Yeah, I, w- I would. That's where I. That's where I would be. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's well, probably Blackman gonna, at 17. Like Blackman's going to be so high owned at 17 bucks, and Dahl at 18. Why are they? Pri- and then McMahon at 10. Like, why are these guys so cheap? Yeah. So as far as the ownership in Colorado, I can almost, I could almost make some cases there to, to fade some of that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if this was me sitting down doing a periscope or something and I didn't have a time, a time, time to fill, the this, this show would be about five minutes because I'd be stacking five Houston guys. I like Houston that much tonight. I think they smash Smiley tonight in Texas with that, with that little bit of wind. Like as far as hitting conditions, this is probably the best hitting conditions on the slate. It's not cold. It's, you know, mediocre temperatures out there in Texas, that little bit of wind blow. This Smiley guy is just terrible. Can't strike anybody out anymore since he got injured. Gives up a lot of fly balls. That's not good for tonight. And these, these guys got some serious stump in their lineup. And not only that, they can be patient. They can work walks and then hit, like, those two or three run bombs. That's what does it for you, man, you know. That's what gets you, that's what gets you the big outputs is the multi-run bombs. That's what they're going to drop tonight. So, I definitely like some Houston guys. Are you willing to are – you, are you talking – we know the ownership's going to be big, but – are you a fade the ownership guy on a team like Houston tonight, or you see that big team total and that juicy matchup in that park, and you feel like you can still play some even with some high ownership? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ever as scared to to play the to play the big ownership in baseball if I think it's really the nuts. Like, I'm always more of a fade cores guy just because it always gets the ownership. But on a big slate like this, I mean, these guys, even if they're high owned, like the prices are so high on Springer, Altuve, Bregman that they can't really be higher than like 20%. And at 20%, I'm okay with it. Like we can, we can be different in other areas to, to come back and get some low owned spots to where I agree too. Like, I think it's clearly the best spot on the slate. I mean, you got these Rockies guys being so cheap, they're going to be so high owned like McMahon, Blackman, Dahl, especially those three are just criminally low price so we if we don't play them obviously play them in cash if you're playing cash but in a tournament yeah I mean these 
especially these three Houston guys, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, they're all super high priced, but they have the highest upside on the slate. For me, just like you just said, I love it, man. They're, we got the wind, we got the park, we got bad pitcher, we got everything we could want. I say we plug those three in and kind of work around that. All right, so we're going to plug some Astros in. Before I do, I, another another question for you in your process here is, uh, like, you're going to get a stack here. We're probably going to stack four of these guys, maybe five. We'll, we'll check that out in a minute here. But are you, a, are you a double stacker? Or after you get your five from one team, do you just want to look for your three best options with salaries remaining? Or how do you, how do you go about that second part of your offense? Yeah, I mean, I always try to play four or five for, from the, my favorite team for sure first. And then after that, if I really like another team, I'll blend them in. And like on a site like FanDuel, I, I think there's a lot more ads to go four and four or four, three, one type thing. But on a site like Yahoo, I can't, can we play six even on Yahoo if you want? Five or six, whatever it is. I like that. And then sometimes my favorite move, though, is to play your stack. You like four five, six guys, whatever it is, and then find your one or two just favorite plays on the slate, whether it's a value guy, a high price guy. And just play them on every team you make. And kind of, if you hit those guys, which has happened plenty of times on my big nights, say, wh whoever it is, say, say I love Danny Santana tonight, which I do. He's in the two-hole. He's seven bucks. He's going against Verlander. No one's going to play him. He's dead minimum priced. If we play him on every team and he hits, just say he has a bomb, a double, he just has a huge game at low ownership and low price. I just, you have such a leg up on the field that, I love doing that, but I, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to double stacking either. It, it's not, it's not set either way, depending on how the slate sets up. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to, we'll get into that here in a minute then. And uh, first up, we need some Houston hitters in here. And I'm going to pull up the plate IQ here. Do you see a Houston lineup out yet or? or I mean, I just really the, the only guys that are going to matter to me are the guys up top. I, I don't see a lineup yet though. All right, let me refresh it one last time just in case. It's still kind of early. When you get stuck on these early shows, you don't have the full data, man. You got you, you don't have get all the stuff Dean gets on this show. Uh, dude, it's ridiculous. But all right, let me pull these guys up here. Uh, I agree with you. I do love those guys, but let's see if we can build four or even five guys there. So Springer, okay, just looking at the numbers here, we know what Smiley does. He's just not he's just not being good, basically. Since he got injured and he just hasn't been the same against right-handers, I mean, just you, they smash him around. Look at all these numbers. We see all that red on that plate IQ. That's good. He's not striking them out. He's walking a lot of guys, giving up hard hits. I mean, just it's just not good for him against right-handers. So that's our first target is to find the right-handers we want. Now we look in the Houston lineup, projected lineup here, one through nine on the RG page here. Springer is definitely st stands out here as a pretty good option. 216 ISO last year. That's good stuff. Everything about him, I mean, he used to strike out like once every five or six plate appearances, man. He really cut down a couple years ago. They've done a number on him. He's, and he's been very, very good. So I do like me some Springer. I can get behind Altuve. Uh, Bregman is a – yeah, Bregman's a lock for me based on everything. We, I mean, he was a, probably the second-best player in the American League last year, the second-best hitter. He's, he's going to be a monster before his career is over. So I get behind that. Now we get into some other guys. Let's look at the bottom of this. Sometimes that bottom of the order, 
uh, when you got powerful guys like the Astros do, you can find some value down there. So first guy, talk to me about Correa. Is he a guy you're going to usually include in your Houston stacks? Do you feel good about him against this left-hander or, uh, or you want to go another direction? Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, like all these guys, like you said, all these right-handers, I for sure want the upside of those top three. And then for my next two or three guys, like I'm good with all these guys. I know it sounds cut. I'm, I'm just not a huge numbers guy like some of the baseball people are. For me, when I'm building a team, like all these guys are basically in the same bucket to me. Correa, Gurriel, Diaz, Torinos. Marisnik, all these kind of right-handed guys that could be in the lineup. I really don't weigh any of them that much higher than the other ones because even if you played a guy like Marisnik, who's could be in the nine hole tonight, he's just going to be so low owned that you get a little wraparound. Well, who doesn't like a good wraparound? First there of all, you go wrap around, reach around. You got one or the other. <laughs> But, like, they're just all – in baseball, you just don't know who's going to have that big game. And a lot of these people's problem when they just stack one through five every night, there's always one of these guys at the bottom you don't expect has a huge game. And when you get when you hit them in your stack and all of a sudden they're the slate breaker, you just have another leg up on a chalk stack like Houston. So, I don't, I don't know. Like, sure, Correa is definitely probably my fourth favorite, but – I don't like him that much more than a guy like Diaz, who's 10 bucks cheaper at the same position, if it was to get us up to some better hitters in other spots. All right. So I think we're pretty consensus here on the uh, Springer, Altuve, Bregman being the top three. And I wouldn't play Brantley either. Like sometimes I want on some teams, like it's okay. Like Freddie Freeman versus a lefty or, or different situations. But on a team like Houston, where we have all these righties that we like, I don't want to waste a spot on Brantley all that much. Yeah, I mean, listen, if the guy was uh, – and obviously not, but it was, if the guy was a catcher, I could I could make a case for him, you know. But he's in the outfield, man. We're, we got like probably two dozen outfielders we could play tonight all over the all over baseball. I just – yeah, I can't, I can't use it. So it's going to be a stretch for me even to use Marisnik. But he's the guy I wanted to bring up. Against left-handers, he usually finds himself in the order. He could definitely put you up to zero because that's just who he is. But, man, this guy against left-handers is probably as dangerous as anybody in this lineup outside of those top three guys, just as far as pure ability to hit a home run. Against a left-hander, he's got more power than Stassi, White, Gurriel, Korea, any of those guys. So, Marisnik might be a guy who ends up on our stack here. You get that nine spot, you're going to get low ownership with big upside. So, he may be, but I'm going to plug him in into our stack and maybe we, we could come back and circle back and see if we want to uh, switch that up at another time if we have another outfield that we want. But let me plug in my four Houston guys right now. How about that? Yeah, well, one thing I was going to say just because we're talking about how we build teams, like a lot of times when I know I love Houston and, and the pitchers, like I'll literally just plug all these guys into the team. I mean, you're not going to play them, but – it just let as we go position by position and look at different options. It just you see the you just have them all in there, and then if you find someone you really like, then you just pull out the Houston guy from that spot to where it's just easier for me to view it, just as far as how I like to do it. Yeah, so I'm gonna get some. Uh, I'm gonna get these guys on here now. Let's we're not gonna neglect the other stacks here. I want you to after the Astros are off the board. Talk to me about your next favorite. I, I mean, there's some, there's some other guys. There's some other teams out there tonight that look like they're in super juicy spots. Who's your next favorite? 
Yeah, so I think a lot of people are going to like this Dodgers-Milwaukee game. I don't necessarily like that as much as other people. Sure, uh, the Dodgers always have huge – Dodgers actually might be the second or probably the third highest owned team behind the Rockies from just the looks of it. They have all these lefty powers against a guy like Shasin. Prices aren't outrageous either. I mean, you get some you get some decent prices in there. Like Muncie's only eighteen. Really, all of, all of them all of them except for Bellinger are pretty cheap. So they're going to be popular. But I don't know. Like I don't really want to play the Dodgers on this slate. And same with Milwaukee. Like Milwaukee always gets always gets popularity just because they have so much upside. All these guys can hit home runs. So both sides of that game should get ownership. The Rockies. But for me, I want to find if I'm on a slate like this is a perfect example. Like I'll go Houston heavy and then try to find some lower owned teams that are going to be less than 5% owned to where if they go off, then I can have a huge leg up on the field with no one playing them. Well, I mean, one spot on a slate like this could be a team like the Yankees where we got some weather. I think what, what did Cardi say about that? It is yellow orange. So super risky weather which means even lower ownership and the lineup. I mean, you look at this Yankees lineup, they, their whole team's hurt. So you got, it's an ugly lineup, but it's the Yankees. It's in a hitter's ballpark. It's versus a guy like Junis, who's just not that good. So you got the Yankees for an, an, an example. You got just working our way down. I, I like Texas. I do. We got the same environment as Houston, which we love. Verlander's the best pitcher on the board, but you look at this Texas lineup, you got literally one through seven really can hit bombs. Chu, Santana, Elvis, Mazzara, Gallo, Asdrubal, and even Forsyth has a little pop. But just even say one through six, you got two, four, you got five lefties. All these guys are cheap. I mean, like I said, Danny Santana might be my favorite play on the board at dead minimum price. And he's in that two-hole. So I love Texas as a lone stack. The Cardinals, you have to give the Cardinals consideration against Vargas. They're at home. 5.3 total now, so the line must have come up a little bit since we've been on air. But you got all these righties. The only lefty, well, you got Wong in the eight. So Carpenter in the one-hole, Wong in the eight-hole. The rest are righties. And Wong and Carpenter can hit lefties, too, so. Really, the, the Cardinals might be a good option, too, especially at these price points because DeJong and Ozuna, Goldie are all over 20 bucks. I don't think people are going to pay those prices, even though it's one of the best spots of the night. So, And then another high total game, you got the Angels and Mariners. I'm not ever that into the, the Angels just because of that stadium. I just don't feel like there's ever hardly winning tournaments in that Angels stadium. I'm a big stadium guy. And on a huge slate, I just don't really see the reason to go there when there's other spots we like. But those are kind of the teams. I, any of those teams stick out to you? Yeah. The one the one who I thought was might get lost a little bit in the mix is St. Louis. You mentioned them. I, I mean, I really like them. So I want to pull them up on our plate IQ and see what we're working with uh, – Looks like we do have a lineup for them. So I, I want to go through some some Cardinals here. I kind of like that Cardinal. What do you think? But the old Cardinals, uh, they doing anything for you? I know you, you said you liked them, but 
kind of in passing, but man, I kind of think I'm looking at them like this might be my my second favorite stack, even a, even above the Rockies here tonight, just for pure runs. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely up there for me too, especially with this. It looks like the total went from nine to nine and a half is kind of why it went up. Nice. This and Vargas, this Vargas throws some meatballs, man. He's terrible. Major meatballs, like just straight. When he doesn't have it going, he can get shelled with the best of them. When he gets that movement going, he's decent, but he's he's definitely he's definitely capable. The crazy part about this game too is we we love that this, this is always an example of baseball where I think you can get an edge. Like, I think everyone really loves the Cardinals in this spot, and I do too, but. They're only a minus one forty-seven favorite right now, which is not that much more than like a coin flip. I mean, minus one forty-seven is a low price when everybody likes St. Louis. We both think Wainwright kind of sucks. It's almost like a spot where we can we can play for a ton of rounds both directions and go. This will be a non-Houston team for the most part, but. You can play just the whole stack, like the whole game, because I like all these lefties from the Mets too. Interesting. All right, let's let's do something. Who now? You said your uh, maybe your favorite hitter on the board was Danny Santana. It's a it's a random name too, but no one's gonna play him. He's min priced. He's in the outfield where we have three spots, and he's got pop. He can steal bases. Basically, he gives you everything you could possibly want, and it gives you leverage against against Verlander. He's definitely not in probably cash games, but in tournaments, he's probably my favorite player on the slate. I want to plug him into an outfield spot because we're going to need some salary anyway. And uh, I'm with you. I, I don't know if I, I – I probably wouldn't stack against Verlander, but I have no issues taking one or two hitters against him because he will give up the home run, yeah. even in good games. When he's, like, mowing guys down, somebody will get a hold of one and turn on him. He just gives up fly balls like that, and this and this weather's so conducive to – one leaving the yard. I have no, I have no problems with trying to one off a home run off of him tonight. And Santana makes a lot of sense. So let's plug him in. If I kept this lineup right here, it would still leave it. It would leave us about ten dollars per player. I want to go back to the plate IQ because I want to look at some Cardinals. So I, I do want to get a little two or three man stack of St. Louis, but it's going to be tough with these. Uh, That's the hard part with Houston. Like, I just don't think St. Louis – if if we like St. Louis, which we do, I think it's got to be a non-Houston team just because the prices – the guys we need from St. Louis are just too high priced to blend with Houston. Well, here's the thing about it, though. We could go with really contrarian St. Louis stack where everybody goes through and goes one through four right off the bat on every stack. We could actually start in the five spot, and we could go with guys like Jose Martinez or Yadi. Yadier Molina is not a bad place yeah. to, to to lock up a catcher spot, especially if you're stacking that team. So I agree. There's there's some options there that we could go through, and those are the cheaper guys too. So I don't even, but I don't know if those guys are. We may have to pull. We may have to pull one of our guys out from Houston and then uh, figure that out. But going up and down this lineup here for for St. Louis, I mean, okay, let's let's put in Molina. I mean, at least at the very least, I want to have some hitter. From St. Louis, I mean, Jose Martinez, right next to him, is probably—I mean, just as good. I mean, that price point—he's just starting to get going a little bit. I, I like those two a lot. I like Jose. If we if we play that one, we got to drop somebody. We got to drop Santana, Marisnik, or Springer. Yeah, I mean, we can drop Marisnik easy. I uh, mean, he's more of a—he's more of a leverage play, anyways. 
Yeah, we can do that. We're not losing too much. He was 11, and Martinez is only 15. So it's tough not to play Springer. Like Springer is, whew. and Santana's. I mean, I like Santana for just how cheap he is and the, everything going with it. So at some point here, okay. So Santana's going to be in Martinez. Molina's fine. Altuve, Bregman, Springer so expensive that we're going to have to. If we're either we're going to have to drop Sanchez and go and go down to Caleb Smith. But we're gonna have to remove our core through one of our core Houston guys, Altuve, Bregman, Springer. Do you think it's worth it to uh, save the money on Caleb Smith, or do you, or would you rather lose a, a big time hitter? I think those three pitchers are super similar, so I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm good with it. So let's dump uh, Annabelle. I want to find Caleb Smith here because I think that I think you're right. I think they are very similar guys. So that would that would bump us back up to ten dollars per player. So now we're cooking. So now in this particular lineup, first baseman, shortstop is what we need, but we can make some more adjustments. Let's talk about some more some more guys first. Let me go back to uh, the odds here and, and looking at some of these. We haven't even gotten into the to the lineups yet. I don't even know if there's lineups out yet. Colorado Philly. This is you know what the second highest total on the board. Uh, Colorado has the second highest team total on the board. We haven't talked about them yet. People are going to want to. People are going to know about them. So, give me your thoughts on some of these hitters in the projected lineups. I don't think there's a real lineup out yet, but what are we thinking about? Look, Colorado is going to be popular against Vince Velasquez. Who you eyeballing? I mean, maybe the most popular play on the entire slate is going to be Ryan McMahon, just because he's ten bucks. He hit double dong last night, at least two bombs. Maybe he did something else. I know he hit at least two though. And he's 10 bucks at Coors Field against a righty. Like, McMahon is going to be the highest-owned guy on the slate. So the only way I'd really want to play a guy like McMahon is if my team is super contrarian already, which we probably aren't too, too contrarian. So I doubt I'd want to play McMahon on a team. But if you're playing cash, like, definitely play McMahon. If you need savings in, in your contrarian team, play him too. But besides that, I mean, I struggle with the Rockies. I do. Like, they're going to be popular. Their prices are the same as, like, Houston and St. Louis, who I like more. I <laughs> I mean, the Rockies are always fine. I just – I have to take, like, either play the Rockies every time at Coors or just don't play them. I know it sounds basic, but if you try to jump off and on Coors, you're going to drive yourself insane over the year because when you stack them and they don't do nothing, you're going to be tilted when you play. It just – I don't know, like – they're going to be chalky, and I just don't think they're better than Houston. I would just rather play our Houston guys. Yeah, I agree. So, if but if we are looking at all right, let's say we had endless. Yeah, we need a first baseman. I don't like. I like. It's hard to argue with McMahon for ten bucks because he fits in so nice. Blackman's got a real nice price for uh for who he is. He's a you know so, I mean he's probably the best hitter in the lineup down to seventeen dollars on Yahoo. That's not bad at all. Uh, he's cheaper than the guy hidden behind him, David Dahl. I mean, well, I've been in Dahl and McMahon. Like, there's no way around those guys being massively owned. Yeah, so that's your that's your high ownership because the price tags are driving you there. They don't fit our bill, you know, flat. I mean, McMahon actually would. We had 10, 10 bucks and we got he 10 bucks. They're nice as the hard but, part. First base is ugly, man. Okay, let's talk about first base because we, we're going to need a first baseman. I'm going to refresh this lineup page, see if any more lineups came out yet and and then we'll talk about first baseman as I like to pull him up here on uh, on the lineups page. So I think McMahon is a bit just on the surface, just because we're putting it all on the table for this show. Like I think he's a bad play on a build like this. 
and it just feels lazy to plug him in there. Like we got our team how we like it. it. He just sticks off the page at ten bucks, which fits perfect. It just feels lazy though. Like we can do better. I want to go down then and look at some first baseman. Just just on the lineup page, I filtered out and just and I'm just bringing up first baseman. So uh, guys in, in matchups that fit our, like we want to look. Let me pull up my, my Yahoo lineup. With this particular lineup and two spots left and $7 being a minimum player, the max we could spend at one position is $14. So let me go back here. So we can't have a guy over 14 if we kept this same lineup right here. All right, let's take a look. Okay, you know what? We, we did take Marisnik out, so we are short a Houston guy. Tyler White fits that profile. $10, $10 Tyler White against Drew Smiley. Tyler White's actually pretty good, man. He's a, he's a guy I was eyeballing anyway, so that's on our radar. On the flip side, on the other side there, Logan Forsythe is only $7 for the Texas side, but I don't think I would go there. Uh, first baseman, we can't – Max Muncy's too much. Don't want to don't play that guy. Goldie's too much. Alonzo's too much. Whew. Drifting down. You see any first basemen that are less than 14 you would play? Like they jump out besides McMahon? I mean, I like Tyler. I for sure like Tyler White if he's yeah. in the lineup. I don't think he's going to be in the lineup, is he? Uh, well, RG's got him projected in there, man. I'll tell you what, uh, they're usually very accurate with those lineup projections. I don't, I usually think they're full of it. And then all of a sudden they've come out and they hit I mean, the lineup spot on. So he's only played one day since the 12th. Like, if Tyler White's in the lineup, I think he's a lock on our team just because it's Houston and he's 10 bucks. Well, I think uh, you know against that lefty, I think they may, I think they may get him in there. So, yeah, I mean let's let's go with that then. And then if somehow he's out of the lineup, just pivot to whoever's watching could just pivot to McMahon. I mean it's an easy pivot. If that's the case, then we're gonna bypass the McMahon's gonna probably be like three, four, five, six times more ownership. No, he'll be like ten times technically than Tyler McMahon White. McMahon seriously uh, might be like seventy percent owned. Well, Tyler White's, all, Tyler White's less than going to be less than five percent on. So just by that, we're going to. So there's other there's other first basemen. Let me throw some more names out to you, just just in case we wanted to pivot and not be McMahon. What do you think about Hosmer against Del Scalfini? I have a hard time with Hosmer. Hosmer sucks, man. I, I, Hosmer's so that was bad. my fault. That was my my apology. <laughs> looking for guys fourteen and under. How about across the other side there? Lefty on lefty is usually not where I like to go, but Joey Votto is only fourteen dollars. Probably going to be batting leadoff against Matthew Strong. Uh, and Votto's been picking it up lately too. He's got a couple big games lately. Anytime I can get Votto for any situation at fourteen bucks, hitting in the leadoff spot. He's not a type of guy either that I worry lefty-lefty. He's kind of – some of these big bats, like, at the top, you don't – like Freddie Freeman, I don't ever worry lefty-lefty either. Yeah. You just yeah. – I, I love Votto, and Votto's going to be crazy low on too, lefty-lefty. We get the one hole. I like I like that play a ton. Yeah, that's that would be a good pivot if Tyler White wasn't in there. And give me, I'll give you another name here. What about uh, Kendry, Kendry's Morales probably batting fifth? Against Marcus, Stroman, against Marcus Stroman. Stroman's not definitely not a strikeout guy. He yeah. can make some contact on Stroman. What do you think about old Kendrys? He was the guy I was going to recommend before Tyler White just because it's against his old team, too. It's Everything lines up, and he's eight bucks, which gives us a great amount of savings. I, I'm, I love Kendrys. Okay, that's another guy we can keep in mind. I want to go back to the Yahoo page now because I think I want to – we're, we're in on the Houston stack. And we've only got three of them now. I want to pull it up to uh, to at least four of them. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to 
let me plug in some Tyler White. Let me okay, there he is, 10 bucks. If he's not, we've got alternatives. There's all kinds of things we can do. So now we got 11 bucks left and we need a shortstop. So I'm gonna go back to the RG page. I'm gonna filter out some shortstops, go through. I'm looking for guys, $11 or less. I prefer them hidden up in the order, but and with good matchups, but you know, it's a tournament, so anything can happen. So let's see what we got here. Let me see what, we, what the filter brings us out here. Whew. What you see at shortstop for 11 bucks or less? Anything stand out so, to you? The, man, the, I, I hope this lineup that I'm thinking see, or, uh, Houston could run out. This Diaz is only nine bucks. I, I would love to play him, but again, I, he's kind of like, he's kind of like white. I don't know if he'll be in there, but against a lefty, he's always been known as pretty good against lefties. I'd love him to be in there, but if he's not, you got, Simmons, Anderson Simmons against a lefty for 11. You got – it's rough. It's rough down in the cheap range at shortstop. I don't – there's really, like, no, no one even on the board that's that cheap. Do you see any? Uh, yeah, Simmons is pretty good. I mean, I don't like him necessarily as a as a player, but, uh, you know, probably, what, the third, third or fourth in the batting order these days and – I guess, uh, it's, it's tough to play like Simmons over correct or like Kingery for thirteen bucks. I don't okay. know. Well, then, then we need to save some money. Then this is why we build lineups. This is the process. Yeah. So we're we're about a dollar or two short of where we really would like to be. And so with we, the way our team's built, like Correa, now that I've seen shortstop and the pricing, yeah. like Correa looks even better to me. That's now. that's that's what this process is about. Going back and circling back. I agree with you, man. Uh, we wanted some Houston guys in there, and he fits the mill. He's a fair salary. He could be part of our stack. We just got to – we're going to plug him in, and we got to go back then and find somebody to take out and where we can save that money at. So, ooh, buddy, out of all these guys, I'll tell you what, the first the first thing that jumps off to me is uh, – well, that wouldn't even work, man. Darn, dude, we're, we're in trouble here, man. We got to – I mean, it's just the Cardinals are tough. Like, I like those the Cardinals. Cardinals. We might have to take off both those Cardinals. It's yeah. hard just because I like the Cardinals just like you do, but I just don't think that they don't jive good with Houston. Like, I think you yeah. either need to play the Cardinals or Houston. I agree with you. That's what that's what happens sometimes when you try to stack and you got the positions and the salaries don't line up the way you want to. Double stacks just aren't really – they it's so frustrating, too, when it's, like, your two favorite teams and, like, all the positions or the prices, like, line up with each other and you just can't get them to go in there. Yep, that's correct, man. But that's what we got to do. So we'll get rid of those two guys. That leaves us a catcher and an outfield spot, 10 bucks each, where a 10 and 11 or however, or 7 and a whatever we want to do with it. So let's go back and uh, take a look at – the catcher spot. I guess we'll take a look at the catcher spot. The the deal here with catcher is we'd like to get get out of here with a stone minimum guy. Really, it's catcher spot. I don't really. If we're not going to play Molina, who I think has a little bit upside, if we're not playing that, then we just need to get out of here with a seven dollar guy. So let's take a gander around and see if anybody jumps out. And I don't even care if he has a bad matchup. If he's if he's seven bucks right. and he's enough in the order, I'll I'll take him. So let's take a look here. What do you see? You see anything that so just for me, the that sticks out right away is first of all, whoever whoever's the Houston catcher would be an option. Like <laughs> we may have a five man Houston stack because it does fit. Yeah, uh, I mean, if like Stassi was in there, he's only seven bucks. But 
I don't know if he's going to be in there or Torinos or whoever. And then uh, my favorite guy is Caselli, though. I always he's eight bucks. He's against the lefty and he's in the five hole. I just, that's that's too much. That's too good to pass up on. I always love and he always gets it done. Like I think he's a good player. I know the chat's been talking him up too. I just Caselli. If I had to pick one guy, if I was playing one team tonight, I think I'd have Caselli. No matter what, no matter who I was stacking, because. I just think he's the best play on the board, to be honest, at eight bucks. Yeah, I think uh, I think I was looking for a seven, but an eight is just too close. It's it's not a big deal. That's who we're gonna. That's who I want to plug in there. Let me see if I can find him on the one guy that's gonna be one percent owned too. That I think is a really good play tonight is Kurt Suzuki. He always crushes lefties. He's going against our pitcher in that matchup, but man, no one's going to play him and he's 12, but not on this team, but just to throw it out there, like 12 bucks for Kurt Suzuki. I like a ton. Yeah. I always like, I always like me a little Suzuki, man. He's pretty good. So we got uh, one spot left here. Now we're into an outfielder for 13 bucks and I know we can find an outfielder for 13 or less. So let me uh, refresh the page here one more time. Click on the outfield spot and see if we can't find one uh, that fits our fits our mood here. And I think I think we'll be able to do that. So uh, while I take a, a gander at these things, do you have anybody? Who's your who's some of your top outfielders out there? Not even based on price. I mean, the outfield is always the hardest position for me, just because there's literally like. 30 different guys you could love in the outfield. It's just, I always try to find like the best values to start with and kind of work from there. Cause I mean, you're always going to love the trouts and the black men's and the dolls tonight and all these guys you're, you're going to love. There's no way you should love them. They're the best plays on the board, but I don't know. Like I, I like to be different obviously. And just to look at different values. So just starting with value, like you got, Matt Kemp is awful these days, but when we're playing Caselli, Matt Kemp is seven bucks. And he's hitting in the four hole. So you could play like a little mini stack, Caselli, Kemp, four and five hole versus a lefty for men price, both of them, which gives you all the big bats with them, especially if we played Santana. Like maybe we could go back up at our other pitcher or whatever, but this is just an example. You got Ian Desmond, who's a Rocky. He's going to be low owned tonight at 11 bucks. Those are the type of Rockies I like to play. Like everybody tonight, if they're playing the Rockies, they're going to play one through five. You got the three lefties that are going to be the chalk, Blackman, Dahl, McMahon, and then you got the two beasts, Arnato and Story. No one is going to play Desmond, Hampson, or Walters. I mean, Walters, maybe they'll play because it's a catcher, but no one's going to play Ian Desmond in an outfield spot when they can play these other guys. They're just not going to, so – Maybe you throw in a guy like Desmond to get some Rockies exposure at a low ownership. And then all of a sudden, if Desmond's the one that does the damage and all these core stacks, you got leverage on every one of them. Those are the type of plays that I think get you a long way in these tournaments. Yeah, agreed. So uh, here's what we're here's where we're at here, man. This is interesting. We've got some options and they all and they all fit our build pretty good. Uh, we're sitting on one, two, three, four, five Houston guys. So we've maxed out Houston slots. How much do we have in the outfield? We got 13, which is perfect. All right. So one guy, one guy I see, we're playing Danny Santana for Texas because we're looking for a one-off home run fly, against a fly ball guy. We could, we, could, we could double stack here. We could go two-man two Texas show. 
No more Mazzara fits our bill here. 13 bucks against Verlander. Mazzara batting in the fourth, fourth spot. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good find right there. And it fits in what we've already done. Now we're looking for a nice little home run shootout. Ball's getting up into that jet stream out there in Texas. That fits that build perfectly. And the other, other one is a, a guy you mentioned, Ian Desmond, right now. He fits that build. We don't have any Rockies in there. Like you said, exactly that. Now you get a, a, at least a little bit of exposure to that Colorado big team total. And if the other guys kind of get shut down and he, he accounts for three or four of those RBIs, boy, you're golden. You didn't even need a stack. You just needed Desmond, and we got him. So that fits. And then the other one also that I, I looked at fits perfectly also with our build. And it's out there. You mentioned them. Out there, Cincinnati against San Diego tonight. We've already got the catcher, Casale. So we could run it back with Pugue or Kemp, batting third and fourth, probably in this lineup tonight. We've already got a catcher, so it gives us two Cincy guys against Strom. No, obviously, nobody's going to stack Cincinnati tonight. We'll have a little two-man action going there. So all three of those guys really fit the bill here of, what, of how we can round out this lineup, and everything really plays together here. So out of all those guys, Mazzara, the two Cincinnati guys, even, even Ian Desmond getting some exposure to Colorado, that, that little foursome right there, which one, which one would you prefer in this build? We've already got our, a lot of Houston guys here, and we're running it back with the Cincy of Texas already. So what's your thoughts on that last spot? I like the Mazzara call. I like that a ton. Like I said, I, I mean, if I was playing like 10 teams tonight, I am not completely against the Texas stack. Just You said it exactly. Like, Verlander's great. He's going to strike dudes out, but he's going to give up home runs, and what does Texas do? They hit bombs. I think Texas could easily hit two to four bombs tonight. And if you hit those guys, like I wouldn't probably play five Texas guys, but I think you could easily play two or three. And if you hit the home runs that they end up getting, like you are just massive because no one's going to play these guys. I love the Mazzara call. He's cheap too, which these guys are high upside guys for how cheap you're getting them. I think I like that. I don't, I don't hate Desmond either though, because it makes, it makes sense to play Desmond. although. I don't like the Rockies as much as other people. I just – their offense hasn't clicked a ton yet. I don't know. Like, I guess Mazzara would be my choice. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, for sure if this, if this was a – if I was trying to run a cash game or something like that, I, I'd, I'd want to spread my guys out a little bit. Sure, get a little exposure, kind of a little exposure here. But we're trying to win a big – two. this is the biggest tournament they got tonight on Yahoo. There's going to be a lot of people in there. We want to we hammer down some home runs and some stacks. So – I think this, I think that fits perfectly. We got one, two, three, four, five Houston guys, whew, and they all got power on them. And we're going to run it back with two Texas guys. Hope Verlander gets that ball up in the air a little bit tonight, and then we're we're good there. I think we got two, like our pitchers. You said it yourself; they're all interchangeable. They're all the same guys. So we, I think, with all the rainouts and everything on the board, not only do we have two of the best guys going. But we faded Verlander, who may be the most popular guy, and we ran it back with Texas guys. So if Verlander gives up some home runs, that 56 bucks is going to come and bite people in the butt later on, and we got the Texas guys. So it, this just works perfect for a tournament build. So Big T, I'm going to hit submit on this, and then we're going to be in the action here. We're going to be rolling in the giblets here later on. $15? Sure, sure. Take my money, man. I don't care. We're going to do it. And so – uh we're going to round this thing out here. It's about that time where Dean's going to come on and do his whole spiel and copy everything we've said. So give the people some parting thoughts for this wonderful Good Friday and this Friday night of MLB and NBA action. 
I like it. I feel good. We, we worked through the slate kind of how we would on our own. And I mean, I, I think Houston goes off for us tonight. I know they're going to be chalky, but in baseball, we can get, we can get different in other spots. Like we kind of went through. So if Houston goes off from these stars. We're going to be in good shape tonight. And I like our chances of that. I agree. Indiana's going to get us a W on this sharp side app. Let's do it. I got it. I'm locked in. Indiana, baby. We're ready to rock and roll, guys. Don't forget about that sharp side promo. Don't forget about that Yahoo tournament. Get in there and fill that thing up so they can keep running these rate-free tournaments for us. Guys, until the next time, stay tuned for all, for all Dino next and some poor schlub who's got to work with Dino. But until next time, that's Big T. I'm Head Chopper. Good luck in those GPPs. We're out of here. Welcome to SharpSide's Top Props. I'm Mangoda, and I've got four picks to help build your bankroll this week. We're going to go through two strikeout props and two home run props that I like tonight. So let's dive in. First one up, we got Vincent Velasquez, and he's at four and a half strikeouts, and I have the over here. I know it's Coors Field. Everyone gets worried when they see a pitcher in there and wondering why I'm writing him up. Well, five of the nine batters, not including the pitcher, strike out 23% of the time for the Rockies, which I still think is pretty good for Velasquez here. I like his spot. He hasn't had the best season to start out, and he's known as a strikeout guy, and I'm expecting him to bounce back here. Velasquez's main pitch is also a fastball, and its second pitch is a slider, which he throws about 23% of the time. Now, if you know Coors Field, sliders are not as effective in Coors and I expect him to use this pitch effectively. I'm not too worried about how Velasquez is going to do. Yeah, I get it. People can worry, oh, it's Coors Field, it's Coors Field. Yeah, that's going to help runs. I'm expecting runs to be scored, but I want the strikeouts, and I believe the strikeouts are going to be going down. So give me Velasquez at four and a half strikeouts and be over here. Next pitcher I like is Herman Marquis, and I got him at five and a half strikeouts, and I have the over here. Hopefully for Nicole Valencia's sake, I pronounced his name right, but uh, the Phillies have some power bats, and they also have some guys who can strike out, though. I talk about, talked about the strikeout rate with some of these Rockies batters. Well, six of the Phillies batters have a 22% K rate or higher. Again, that's not including the pitcher, too, so that's going to obviously play into our favor. Uh, in his first three major league starts, uh, Marquis, he had nine strikeouts, two, and seven. And, you know, that two strikeout game sounds like it'd be really concerning, but I'm not concerned because that was against the Braves, right? And we expect that against the Braves. They don't really strike out a ton. So, yeah, I really think that the strikeouts are going to be coming here against this Phillies lineup. I do think runs are going to be coming, too. I think they'll put up a couple. So, uh, like him here in this spot. And then just looking at this line at five and a half strikeouts, that's just way too low on Marquis. So, uh, yeah, five and a half strikeouts. That line is just crazy. I thought it'd be six and a half or six. Seeing it at five and a half is just way too low here on the sharp side app. So give that thing a swipe. And don't be afraid to hit the lock button on it, too, because I think it's a great spot for him to hit the over here. All right, guys, before we get to the home runs, please make sure to hit the little subscribe graphic on the video and give us a like. Also, I want to know who your favorite props are tonight. So drop them in the comment section, and let's crush tonight.
Now let's head over to the home runs, and we have Jock Peterson, and I like his chances to homer here tonight. Uh, we get him at plus 275. He gets the perfect, perfect ballpark, right? If you told me Jock Peterson was a free agent, and where would he go to, you know, help his hitting? Milwaukee's one of them. It's a it's a very hitter-friendly park, especially for lefties. If you look at this slate, he's ranked third on plate IQ rating. That's phenomenal there. Uh, you know, you look at his ISO, too. He has a 280 ISO against the slider and the fastball sinker pitch which Chasim primarily throws. He throws those pitches together about 70% of the time. So yeah, definitely have to like that a ton. And in the words of Phil Mickelson, guys, uh, dude has been hitting bombs this year. I mean, bombs. Uh, he has eight home runs on the season, five in this month alone. Jack Peterson is really having a great year so far, and I expect it to keep coming. And in this ballpark, it's too good of a spot. Give me the over here on Jack Peterson's home runs. Last homer of the day, we're going to go over against Jason Vargas, and we're going with Paul Goldschmidt, and I like the over here on home runs at plus 400. Now, Jason Vargas, guys, he is a terrible pitcher. I mean terrible. And on top of that, Vargas, I don't expect him to be in there long. We're going to get a lot of bullpen run. When you get some bullpen run, that's when the home runs are flying. So I really like his chances here against Vargas. You know, if you look at the numbers on him, he has a giving up a 238 ISO to righties and a 37% hard hit rate. Uh, Goldschmidt has been awesome to start out the year, too. I think this is too good of a spot against a terrible pitcher in Vargas. And even if Vargas doesn't last that long, we get that bullpen there. You also look at the plate IQ rating, and Goldschmidt, he might not be at the top of the leaderboard in plate IQ rating today, but he still has a rating above 60, which is very good. That ranks sixth among first basemen, and definitely like him here in this spot. So give me home runs, give me Jock Peterson and Paul Goldschmidt there. And going back to the strikeouts, guys, we got Vincent Velasquez, and then we have Herman Marquez, and we have the over on all those on the sharp side app. But that's about it for the props tonight, guys. Good luck and have fun. It's time to find out who's the sharpest better on the SharpSide app. We are excited to roll out SharpSide Streak Contest presented by FanDuel. All you have to do is build your streak by stringing together as many winning picks as you can all for free on the SharpSide mobile app. Swipe as many picks as you want from a variety of player props and game lines. If you see the lock icon after you swipe, that means it's time to lock that bet in to be your favorite swiped pick. Remember, only one lock pick can be made at a given time, so choose wisely. Once that lock bet resolves, you're eligible to select another lock pick. Two or more winning lock bets in a row, and you start your streak. The best thing of all, you can earn FanDuel credit by being the user with the longest active streak at the end of our milestone dates. We'll be giving away $2,000 in FanDuel credit all the way through May 2nd. To show how sharp you are and play for free, be sure to download the SharpSide app, available for iOS and Android. It's the SharpSide Streak Contest, presented by FanDuel. And remember, you always want to be on the sharp side.
is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Steen 7904. If you want to get all technical on me, it is 5 o'clock on the East Coast. I'm at that. 2 o'clock on the West Coast, 4 o'clock Tennessee time, which of course, which is time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It is called, it's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today for a very intimate show, uh, it was going to be me and Boggs, just the two of us. Uh, Boggs uh, had the fish, not feeling particularly well. So Grant got the call up. Grant, thanks for uh, thanks for being available. What's going on, Grant? How's, uh, how's Friday treating you? Oh, it's, 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 it's all right. I actually woke up in the morning and just saw that. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. And then I went right back to bed. I was until 3 a.m. singing Moana to a baby trying to get her to fall asleep. It did not work out too well. Is that uh, that's, that's a Pixar or Disney movie? How do you not know? I don't have a child. It, it's creepy that you know these songs. That's the, oh, that's it's the not like it was question. one of the biggest movies of the year. And it's yeah, still- for a certain demographic, not ours. Yeah, yeah, 30-year-old men. It's for 30-year-old men. <laughs> it's got the rockin'. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, did you see the one where he dressed up as like a princess as well? Is that also a for, for 40 I think that was a I don't know. I don't know how I didn't see that one. <laughs> it's on the list. It's on the Netflix list. Yeah. Why did I make him a prince? Yeah. The tooth fairy. It's, you, you do that really quickly for what it's worth as far as uh, you nailed that instantly. Yeah, because people know exactly what The Rock's in. They know every movie he's ever been in. You don't for some reason. Has he been in like in any good movies? Like I, he seems like a real like The down, Walking Tall. Every Fast and Furious that he's in, <laughs> you are insane. People watch those movies as a joke, right? Like they, they're they, they're in on the joke. They play along. They, they, it, the whole thing is, it's like it's satire. Cinematic point, right? masterpieces. They're not. They're they, <laughs> they are not. certainly are. <laughs> they, they, they are the. It's like there's certain celebrities that are really really popular. It's like what have they done that's like really good? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like The Rock for what it's worth. Uh, that terrible show on HBO. I don't know if you've seen that before. Ballers is fantastic. What is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah, oh. it's, it's so bad. <laughs> if you have no attention span, it Ballers is basically the sports version of Fast and the Furious or Entourage. However you want to spin it, and uh, that's yeah, really just it's Entourage. Yeah, but like it's like the last two or three years of Entourage, not the good years of Entourage. So you are so ridiculous. You I are spent, a ridiculous human being. I just spit out like four terrible takes, probably according to the chat. I'm sure they're going to crush me in a second. Uh, hello, chat. Hi, uh, hi, YouTube chat. You guys are watching us on YouTube. Feel free to like and subscribe. We'll talk baseball in just a second. There you go. Right on cue, Big T. You know, we got to do a better job of editing some words. Big T, uh, you know. <laughs> well, all you have to do is spell it wrong. Is that what happened there? <laughs> yes. There you go. Now, did he, sell, did he spell it wrong intentionally or just have to work out that way? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, some people are rough. They're bad spellers. Fair enough. I mean, that, that's probably the way I would have spelled that, too. So I'm, I'm sure that's correct. Uh, and if you're in the YouTube chat, you probably don't know what we're talking about. Because Big T is in the Rotogrunners chat. Hi, Rotogrunners chat. Uh, we're going to be answering your questions later on in the show, uh, both in the YouTube uh, chat. If you guys are asking questions now, Devin, D-Train, our fabulous producers, will be grabbing them, throwing them in the RG chat later on in the show for our last segment. When we turn it over to the chat, uh, lots of games on the slate, Grant. We had 14. We're down to 12. Uh, we have two games already canceled. That would be Atlanta, Cleveland, cross them off the list. Minnesota, Baltimore, cross them off the list. And there is weather lurking in Pittsburgh. There's weather lurking in New York. There's weather lurking in Detroit to some extent. Uh, I'm not a meteorologist. I don't play one on TV or the internet. Thankfully, we have one Kevin Roth, chief meteorologist at RG. Uh, his article is out. Uh, he updates it usually around this time. Going to be on top of that, see if he updates that. As the show progresses, of course, he'll be on crunch time 
later today to give you up to the minute, uh, you know, minute by minute uh, precipitation uh, updates as far as what's going down as far as these games. Uh, Grant, this is just kind of throw my lineups in a bit of a tailspin because, you know, uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> just, I'm in a holding pattern right now as far as weather. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to wait on Ross. And apparently Big T spelled it right. Uh, it, it, it means contemptible, worthless, covered with excrement. Yeah, well, there you go. That, the, I, I, the last definition, you got to bury the lead. That's the one that seems <laughs> <laughs> contemptible. is like, okay, that could be anything. But, uh, and yeah, he did spell it. They look correct to me, nonetheless. But, uh, and they're asking if I'm available for babysitting. Um, sure, I guess. Like, as long as we can have a conversation. I would like, not trust you around my kids. You're just going to call them dumb for an hour. Well, if the kid's zero, well, there's nothing you can talk about. But, like, you know, if you're, like, seven or eight, I can have a conversation. But, like, if you're, I, I have nothing to say to a zero-year-old. You can just, you just talk, basically. All you do is talk. You're not talking to anyone in particular. You're just trying to get noise so that they shut up. It's real simple. <laughs> you can explain, you can, oh, you can just quote the entire, like, line-by-line diehard script. Yeah, and the kid, you know, the kid's going to say at the end, that was a fabulous Christmas movie. Yeah, it was. Same with Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I just want to throw out more, like, hot takes to, to tilt the chat and see, oh, that is not a Christmas movie. Just like Eyes Wide Shut is a, is a Christmas movie, too. The best Christmas movie of all time. But uh, we don't have time for this nonsense, Grant. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, everything's my, uh, everything is my opinion that I say. <laughs> you know, I guess that, isn't that implied? I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I was just saying. I've never seen Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, really? Oh, I think you said in my opinion. My bad. I misheard you. Um, you should see it. I think you'd like it. Maybe. I don't trust your your takes. So. You like Stanley Kubrick? You think he's interesting? Don't know who that is. Oh boy. It's, so you know you you know the Tooth Fairy, <laughs> but you don't know Stanley Kubrick. Oh man. Never heard of him. It's for real? You just messing with me? <laughs> what do you think? I think you're just messing with me. <laughs> you are very bad at figuring things out if i was talking to mango now would be like it's a different story like, he has no clue for sure but uh uh i think i think you're aware of uh, some pop culture. now you, you don't watch the you don't tell the kid about stanley kubrick at this point i'm assuming right i i, I immediately show them full metal jacket as soon as they turn two months old yeah that's every probably, month after for the rest of their life that's probably not the best i mean look i'm no i, I have nothing you know i'm not the the guy that tells me how to parent or but that's probably frowned upon, I would imagine, in the community. I would not oh, encourage that. It's a nice movie. It's a solid movie. It's a weird movie because the first – it's like two different movies in one. First first part's much better than the second half of what it's worth. Yeah, exactly. it's a comedy and then a really depressing action movie. All right. Let's dive in. Let's talk this late. Again, as of right now, we got 12 games. Uh, if, let me see. I'm refreshing as far as what Roth has here. Uh, he last updated at 1.30 Central Time. That will be 2.30 on the East Coast. So that'll be a couple hours ago, and I, I imagine he'll give an update here at some point if he does not update his article. Let me go ahead and copy it and paste it and throw it in the RG chat as well, too, if you guys have not taken a peek at it. Um, of course, we have a couple of cancellations, which is nice. But as of right now, Pittsburgh is orange-red, which that does not seem promising. Uh, Yellow-orange in New York and yellow-orange in Detroit. So those games seem more likely to play than the Pittsburgh game, which uh, seems like it was a decent shot that one does not go. Uh, that said, oh, we wanted to talk about the Sharp setup before we dig in here, Grant. You're the master, the maestro there of the Sharp setup. Of course, that the, the streaks is still going on. The first payment went out. Uh, there's still two more payments to go as far as paying off the best streak. The next payment is April 22nd. 
Uh, if you have the longest winning streak on the Sharp Set app, you win yourself 500 FanDuel dollars. And if you have the longest winning streak on May 2nd, you grab a thousand FanDuel dollars and tell the people, Grant, what we're talking about as far as the streaks on the Sharp Set app. Well, if, what you do is you make a bet by swiping left or swiping right on anything. It's the tender of sports betting. And once you make a bet, you can lock it in. If you win that bet, that adds one to your streak. Until you lose one, then it goes all the way back to zero. Longest streak of continuous made bets wins the money that Dean just said. But be careful because one loot loss and it's all downhill. There you go. It's like a big old whammy. Uh, the chat's probably throwing it out there. When do you when do you show the kid Game of Thrones? That's a good question. Uh, the kids actually watched all seven seasons. <laughs> We got caught up. What are we going to do? Not have a baby in the room? That's good. It's a fair point for sure. It's definitely, you know, you got to learn eventually, I suppose. Uh, as far as the 12 gamer tonight, uh, let's take a picture of this slate here, Grant, because we got, we got Coors Field again, last field, Coors Field, last night Coors Field didn't actually Coors Field, but it had, you know, a couple quality arms there. Tonight, you can argue the arms are even better, especially on the Colorado side with Herman uh, Marquez, who's just awesome. I love him. Of course, Philadelphia, a tough opponent. Uh, and, you know, Coors is a tricky ballpark to pitch. And, of course, Aramon has been great there uh, despite all that. Um, he got Houston in Texas against Drew Smiley, locked in for nine innings against Smiley, who, you know, fly ball pitcher coming back from injury does not look like he's uh, – I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like his chances of being like anywhere where he was at one point in his career at the peak, I would say. Uh, what do we look at? And, of course, you know, Vargas. Jason Vargas has been absolutely dreadful and all those St. Louis righties lurking. That's kind of like where the, the sticks are, I think. At least we know that as far as weather. Those are the games that are going to play, at least. Uh, we'll talk uh, – let, let's talk with the sticks first. Just, just kind of your favorite uh, batter two, teams or two. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot. I, I'm not horribly worried about ownership on anything outside of Houston, probably. Um, maybe Coors. But there's so many good spots for stacking today. I mean, we got Houston – Milwaukee, the Dodgers, St. Louis, Rockies, Phillies, if you want to go against one of the greatest pitchers in the league. Even Seattle, to an extent, has been like, a little bit colder lately, but they're still, they still have a 4.4 implied total. The Angels are all cheap and have a 4.6 implied total. Like, there's so many good bats, and there's a lot of mispriced pitching. And a lot of the mispricings are kind of in the same range. So be cognizant of pricing over on FanDuel, over on Fantasy Draft, over on TK, because there's some pretty big discrepancies there over on FanDuel. Some guys are just way, way too cheap. And over on DK, there's a few guys that are too cheap, but a few guys are a little too expensive. Coors Field, we're looking at a total as of right now of just 10, um, you know, five and a half to Colorado, four and a half to Philadelphia, give or take. Your favorite stick in Coors is who? Uh, I mean, probably Chuck, just because of the price. Uh Velasquez is just not that great versus lefties, gives up more power, is worse. Chuck's leading off here. But, I mean, differentiating or trying to figure out who to use, one through five, is real tough here. Like, all of them are good. I mean, Arenado and Story going up against a guy that gives up a whole lot of bombs. Even though it's more to lefties, there's still guys that can take it out of the park at, park at any time. Blackman, Dahl have a platoon split, and McMahon is just a little bit too cheap, but and he could be popular after what he did last night. So... Yeah, everything is, like, it's, it's tough making decisions here. You're killing me here, Grant. Pre-show, our producer, D-Train, he says, hey, <clears throat> uh, give me a couple names that we want yeah, to Yeah, not like at the beginning, I said Chuck's probably my favorite one and then went on something to say that all of them are good. It's not well, like Arenado's the guy, the name you sent. You sent Nolan Arenado, not Chuck. Yeah, they're all good. 
But as the show's going on, there's a picture of Nolan Arenado. <laughs> I think yeah, you happening. should play him, but the, you can put a picture of any of them up there. I'd say Chuck's the more handsome one. Well, but, I mean, let, can we say this? He's got a better beard than you. Is that, I mean, is that, I don't want to. He's got a better beard and he's got better hair than me. I will not argue that. Yeah. Did you ever see, you've seen the pictures before of him without a beard. It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen him in real life a few times now. Oh, that's right. You uh, you guys live in the same city, give or take. Yeah, yeah, I think the same neighborhood. Really? You're, are you stalking? <laughs> John, John, no, maybe I'm he'll just, babysit for you one night. No, I've seen him over in Cherry Creek multiple times. All right. There, have you said anything to him? I just I do the same thing I do with every single celebrity or athlete I see. I just say, hey, Chuck. Wait, you call no matter with Charles Barkley, any Chuck you see, or just you're saying yeah. you say, hey by their first name? Yeah, when I saw Charles Barkley, I said, hey, Chuck. You did see Charles Barkley. Yes, yeah, so, uh, he, 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 yeah, I've seen him a few times. He likes to go to Vegas when Auburn was at the nap, national championship game. I'm kind of an important person, Dean. We should probably get to analysis. <laughs> All right. And uh, there was a picture, oh, as far as my favorite hitter, by the way, I should say, as far as Blackman, again, depends on your shopping, right? He's uh, the price is pretty fair on Fanstrap, it's pretty fair on DK, but the price on Fandle, where he's like three six, is um, like egregious. If you're playing cash games on Fandle tonight, you have to play Blackman, correct? I mean, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but you're more likely to lose money if, in fact, you do not roster him. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not in the business telling people they should or should not do, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, th- th- that, that seems like the sharp idea would, would be to definitely play Blackman on, you know, on Fandle cash games tonight. Uh, for myself, and oh, speaking of Fandle, I think the, the, the hitter that I wanted to feature, the guy that I like, thinks, you know, this is no, no shocker at all, uh, gotta love the Astros tonight. And locked in again, locked in for nine nine innings on the road, which is nice, nice great ballpark there in Texas. And uh, Bregman, Bregman is four K on Fanduel. I think it's four K. That that's just egregious too. He's another guy I think you play in your cash games, kind of make that work. And it's an interesting conversation as far as who you play your cash games. We'll talk about a couple of pitchers in a second because I think there is a fork in the road over there where you can definitely kind of punt and just load up on some sticks. And I'm curious where you're at on that. But Bregman at 4K, 4-6 on DK. He's like 9-2, 9-3 on base draft, uh, just across the board. Uh, smiley, fly ball pitcher, you know, it, it's great ballpark upgrade there. Uh, team total almost at six at this point. I know it's not particularly hot in Texas, it's like low 70s, 68 if you want to get all precise. But the wind is blowing out for what it's worth. That means anything. I know the, there was a whole jet screen thing there years ago that he kind of sort of fixed. So I don't know how to adjust to that. I just know that uh, – they're going to score a pile. You of can runs. ask Kevin Roth during conch time. Well, I'm not going to be on the show, but that is a good question. He could definitely speak to that. Yeah, it's not like there's a premium chat. You can ask questions. It's not like that's what it's entirely for. <laughs> By the way, I should see that. Let me say this as far as the premium chat. If you guys are RG premium members, I see a lot of times people are asking questions while crunch that's going on. They ask questions in the regular rotor runners chat. And those questions are not being answered. Then our producer, Devin, like I said, he's a multitasker. He's always jumping in and saying, you want to jump into the premium chat because they can't see your question. And this is something that happens every single night, like four or five or six or seven times. Happened to me yesterday. <laughs> oh, you really, you're such an amateur. You don't realize what chat to go to? No, I just didn't realize which page I had open. Yeah, well, there you go. That's the thing. The, the people don't know. Uh, and it makes the change job, job more difficult and they're not getting their questions answered. They're probably confused. Jump in the Roto-Grinders premium chat if you want the premium uh, crunch time show to see you and answer your question. All right, uh, favorite pitcher tonight. Well, we got Verlander in Texas, of course, Verlander. He can yield some homers when he's not striking people out, and there is some pop in that Texas side. And, of course, it's a good ballpark for homers. Uh, Verlander's – well, we didn't – neither one of us featured Verlander. Well, what's your take as far as Justin? 
I mean, he's the top arm. He's probably the guy that I'm going to try to get into my cash game lineup. Who knows if it'll actually end up working out that way. But as of right now, he's the top arm on the entire slate, uh, just in terms of raw points and safety here. I think it's him now that Barrios's game got canceled. Um, after him, it's just it's up in the air, though. Like, there's potentially seven different guys that could be the second highest scoring or the highest scoring pitcher on the slate all from like 15 to 17 K over on fantasy draft. Burlander's given up a homer and everyone has started so far this year. Like I said, he's a fly ball pitcher. And again, but he's not striking you out. He is vulnerable to the homer. Of course he can rack up a bunch of K's and just as long as he keeps them, you know, solo jobs, who really cares? No big deal. Uh, he can go six or seven and strike out nine uh, and give up two, two homers, which is perfectly fine. Uh, speak to the guys, speak to the pivots or SB two, of course, on fans draft on DK. Where are you looking? Because like, okay, there's, Baumgartner, the weather's not particularly good, and he's just overpriced because now he's just a name brand. Stripling, uh, not as good as he has looked last year. It's a bad ballpark there. Uh, and, of course, Milwaukee's pretty scary, too. And you're not getting a discount of any sorts. So I'm probably off Stripling. Uh, Aramon Marquez, you're getting him a bit of a discount because, like you said, he's one of the more talented pitchers in all of baseball. I'm not sure if people are on board with that thought just yet, but I'm not going to say you're wrong. Uh, he's uh, fairly cheap against Philly. Your faults. Uh Yeah. Marquez is probably my favorite tournament guy. I mean, he's just so darn good. And people can say his sample size. They can talk about this one start this year where he's actually been in cores and he got blown up. Or you can look back to the earlier starts last year and say, oh, yeah, he's not that great. I don't care. Marquez is a very, very good pitcher with 11K upside, regardless if he's at home or on the road here. I'm willing to take the risk and just go with him. Um, but outside of him, like there's a whole bunch of guys over on fantasy draft that are kind of in the same price range that can all crush here. Uh, there's Erod going up against Tampa, a little bit more patient team. So I have less interest in him, but realistically, he's got good enough stuff where he can crush here. There's Rodon going up against Detroit, but there's some weather issues there. There's Caleb Smith with a decent matchup versus Washington, and he's got great case stuff. Stripling, who's shown a little bit of reverse splits so far and there's a whole lot of lefties being rolled out in milwaukee there i could potentially see going with him i have no interest in Baumgartner, regardless of weather um if you really want to go balls to the wall assuming weather holds up jordan zimmerman's going up against a super high k rate white Sox team and the weather's not really that great for power right now um it looks like it's going to be 42 degrees and the wind's blowing out a little bit but it's not going to be warm I think that uh, Zimmerman's one of the better plays on the slate for GPPs. Yes, I just pulled up the old flat IQ and I'm firing up Zimmerman. And again, this is assuming that Roth gives the all clear as far as uh, playing Zimmerman, assuming this game doesn't go, or at least you know, gives the, uh, you can play him in tournaments, not so much in catch because there is some risk. Uh, you're right. This White Sox lineup is just a pile of the, you know, we got a slew of guys that strike out a ton. Garcia, Mancata is great, but like he doesn't hit the ball like, two, you know, one third of the time. Uh, 32.5% K rate. Uh, Cordell, small sample size, but he's been striking out a ton as well. McCann, H Jimenez as well. Another guy, small sample size, but he's been striking out a lot. And also not a very patient team either. 6.2% walk rate collectively, 25.7 K rate collectively, uh, if you take the 2018-2019 stats versus right-handers. Of course, Zimmerman's a subpar K guy, 19.7%, but you might get an extra one or two. And you know, if you just want to open things up as far as the bats, how much of a discount are we getting as far as Zimmerman? Because he's not really somebody I considered. 
Uh, how cheap is he? So he's twelve seven over on fantasy draft. Over on DK, he is scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Six five over on over on Fanduel. He's not really worth it because you have Sanchez in the same range. You have Marquez a little bit more expensive. There's Caleb Smith at like six seven hundred more expensive. So Zimmerman's not entirely worth it on fantasy or on Fanduel. But other sites, I think it's worth something. DB's giving me crap in the chat. Come on, boss. You know I love the White Sox, but the, this lineup they have is just not that good. They have three, four hitters that can actually do something, but Garcia's absolute trash. McCann's not very good. He's only good at matching lefties, according to Cardi. Cardell is not very good. Sanchez isn't very good, and Engel is absolutely horrible. Engel's terrible. Like, if he, like, Zimmerman could give up, realistically, a bomb to Moncada, Abreu, Alonzo and Jimenez and still pay off his price with how much K upside there is. And there was a certain point last year where Zimmerman was absolutely just striking out everyone. I think he had an 11K game a few days after the 4th of July last year. Like, he's got upside. He's a guy that just can randomly show it. And this lineup right here is the best lineup where he can possibly do that. He could get crushed, but it's a GPP play on a day where there's not a real viable ace, and there's so many big bats we want to pay up for. Outside of Verlander, you have no other ace on the slate. Ingle must be like a good defender because it's not even like he's a pest. Like he, he, he can't the ball, he has no power, and he strikes out a ton, he doesn't walk. He's like the worst possible hitter in baseball. Outside I mean, of like, the main thing is like they don't really have a whole lot of outfielder prospects. I think Trace Thompson's still in their triple A system. I think he's better, but outside of him, Polka just got designated down to triple A. Like they don't, and then did he ever get his hit, Falco, or is he still batting zero? Uh, he got a hit. He got a pinch hit hit. So there that you go. Was Good for him. <laughs> uh, and Clay's kid brother Thompson. There you go. He's got some pop. He had a couple homers there for the Dodgers. Yes. Um, yeah, he had a couple homers there for the White Sox, if you remember last year. Yeah, uh, I think he had. A, I think he had a double dong game. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, who called that? I, I mean, I believe you actually did on the show, if I'm not mistaken. So. I did. I called three guys, and all the world's time. oldest victory, like longest victory lap, retroactive to like. You, got, you were calling the White Sox trash, and they won me ten grand that day. <laughs> like they are—I mean, they're trash. They can, like, you know, get a hold of them too. It's that they're both. I mean, you, you just recommended Jordan Zimmerman against them, so they, they got to be trash. I mean, the, the thing, things aren't just a linear concept of Correct. points. White Sox can get a bunch of points, and Detroit can get a, or and Zimmerman can get a bunch of points. They're not mutually exclusive, and that Detroit bullpen's trash. So let's have a conversation as far as SB2. I think two of the more popular spots is going to be Caleb Smith and Annabelle Sanchez. Uh, same ball, you know, they're both in Miami. Great ballpark to pitch in. Obviously, no weather concerns. Uh, you know, it, it's cavernous. Of course, the Marlins are completely putrid as far as a hitting team. Uh, I think Annabelle's going to be more popular for that reason. And I mentioned Vandal like, as far as their pricing. Annabelle Sanchez, I think it's really, really tempting to roster him. You have your cash games today. Uh, He's the absolute number two pitcher for cash games well i'll talk about Fandle. where you only gonna roster one and he's like six eight over there he, i'm using quite i don't know i'm not playing cash over yeah. on Fandle, right um i don't know if i'm playing cash at all today i honestly don't really like the slate too many bats i want to fit in where i may be forced to not play verlander um but sanchez over on Fanduel, like i don't hate it because you want to get guys like bregman guys like blackman you want to get the Coors bats the astros bats and they're in some of the Cardinals bats. There's so many good cash game bats. It's ridiculous. And pitching this year has not been nearly as consistent as it once was. 
you're not really worried about getting blown up if you're Anibal Sanchez going up against this Marlins team. You're not really worried about getting blown up as much as any other pitcher because Verlander has had two mediocre starts this year. Most aces have had trouble at certain times here, especially now it's more about the matchup and the ballpark than it is the actual pitcher. It's slowly starting to go towards that because of the balls and how well these guys have been hitting. You still care about the pitcher a, an extreme amount, but it's not nearly as much as it used to be where it's like, all right, Scherzer's on the board, lock him in. Yeah, I hate to do like the broad brush thing, but that, that's generally been true so far. And like, you know, Verlander getting blown up one game has nothing to do with what Scherzer's going to do in another game. Like, there's no correlation, but there is speculation out there that the ball is juiced and the stats are suggesting that, you know, there's more homers, uh, you know, going down this year, small sample, yada, yada, yada. But, and like my general thought process was, yeah, just lock in, you know, the, the quote unquote guaranteed pitcher points for cash games and kind of figure it out from there. But uh, maybe I should, I'm, I'm thinking like changing that, just the way things are going down right now. Like, I don't want to overreact, prisoner of the moment, that kind of thing. But it's been happening a lot. Uh, just kind of seeing what's a, I, I think Adabelle is a really interesting play on FanDuel. And they're asking in check, and you play Adabelle and Caleb Smith, you know, in cash games uh, on, on DK on fantasy draft. And I think that's a route you can go. I think you could do that because, you know, again, Verlander, sure, he could put up a 35 and that really could sting. But he also gave a couple of homers and, I don't know. It's a tough call. It depends on what you what you uh, value, I suppose. What, what's your thought on that? I mean, the Rangers have pretty much the same implied total as both the Nationals and the Marlins. So Vegas thinks, seems to think that these guys are going to give up roughly the same amount of runs, same amount of hits. And realistically, like the thing with Verlander, much higher K rate goes later on into games. So he does have enough of an edge where I think it's still worth it to go Verlander. But if you can get a lot, lot better bats, then I think it might be worth it. Honestly, today wouldn't be a horrible day to set one Verlander lineup and then switch them over to Annabelle or Caleb Smith and then throw in a few bats and roll out two cash game lineups. Yeah, I do that all the time. Uh, I, I'm all about team hedge. Uh, I usually have like one, like a 3v3, like same general core, but like a 3v3 or 4v4, something like, something like that. Or even like a 2v2, 2v2, depending on how I feel about things as far as the slates. Uh, anything else that's worth talking about as far as pitchers? We kind of mentioned Rodon in passing. There is some weather kind of lurking there. Uh, I just I think I prefer Sanchez uh, and Smith over Rodon. So even if, the, if it's clean and clear, I'm probably not going there. That's sort of my thought process. And if I play enough lineups and tournaments, sure, I guess I can get there. But, you know, I'm only playing so many, I most likely won't have them. That's kind of where I'm at. And I, I'd rather uh, roster Armand Marquez, personally. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's one of the best GPP plays on the board. And I honestly, his price tag, I'm – thinking about him in cash, but I think I'll go with Caleb Smith and Hannibal Sanchez as my SP2 instead. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just got such massive upside. He's such a good pitcher that I know he's a three-pitch guy and he has a curveball and that doesn't really play that well over in Coors, but just look at the numbers last year in Coors in the second half of the season when he was playing at such a high level. And again, just don't pay attention to the one start in Coors that happened this year. It can happen to literally anyone at any given time in any situation. So it happened, take it into account very slightly, knowing that he only struck out two guys in five innings and he faced more batters than he should in those five innings. So his K rate was even lower. That's not going to happen again. We're going to do the screen share in a bit. And there's more guy I want to talk about, but maybe it's better in the context of the screen share. You can kind of sort of see the colors uh, on, on the plate IQ where the greens pop and where the reds pop. And I think it's a really interesting tournament play, but we'll hold off on that uh, just a little bit later in the show. You want to, unless you have anything else to say as far as pitchers, let's go around the horn as far as our favorite plays, position by position. Yeah, we can do that. 
Catcher, what do you have for me? Just let me pull up handy dandy lineup HQ, guys. If you haven't checked out lineup HQ, then you should do that. And I opened up the wrong thing. You tell me which catcher you like. Well, tell me, how tell they... me how lineup HQ helps you with this because uh, maybe the people you know they don't know how to. I, I pulled it up. I've, I've shown it to several people, and it's it's mostly free. There's stuff in there that's not that's not free as far as umpire data, as far as the uh, the plate IQ rankings, which I imagine that's something you might pull up as well. Uh, you can just jump to the actual position. Maybe we'll show that in the screen here. We'll give the people a taste. Of course, there's a lot of stuff going down as far as our premium. Uh, we'll let them know uh, how to kind of figure that out. But I, I assume that's that's what you're doing. You're putting it on catcher, and you're firing up the old plate IQ, and you're figuring it out from there. Yeah, you throw a catcher, and like one thing I always do is I want to make sure I'm not missing something. So I always check out ownership, and it looks like Molina, because of his price going against Vargas, is going to be the highest owned catcher. That makes sense. You can see the dots. He, he got ridden up as a cash game play. So Molina is probably the top catcher. I don't mind going with Walters, lefty versus Velasquez, and Velasquez is not very good versus lefty. Granted, he is batting eighth in the order. If you want, you can go with Grandal, uh, but he's a little bit expensive there. Real Muto. Tough matchup, good hitter, good spot, but too much to pay for. It's not worth it sacrificing that much money for him. And then Cervelli just has bare bones, no cost uh, pricing, 2.8K. It's absolutely ridiculous. So any of those guys are fine. Other than that, I'm just rounding out my stack with catchers. But you go Cervelli, you go uh, Yadier for your cash games. Just click refresh as far as Roth's uh, weather, and he has updated it since 5 o'clock. As of 5 o'clock Eastern, uh, and you mentioned Cervelli, that's kind of what triggered it because that's the game that's most likely to rain out. But I agree. At 2.8K on DK, is like you don't have to play anyone fast. You don't have to play catchers, obviously, there. But uh, DK forces you to play a catcher, and 2.8 for Cervelli. If I don't have the money to get the Molina, I think that's a great play. But, again, it looks really sketch. Uh, Orange-red still in Pittsburgh. Uh, we're looking at yellow in New York, yellow in Detroit. So maybe those games are clearing up to some degree. Again, stay tuned for crunch time and that. Roth will give you the final call as far as what to do in those games. Uh, let's jump to uh, to first base. That, that's all I have as far as catcher. You know, I guess you could play Suzuki against Caleb Smith, I suppose, but you don't have to. I mean, look, it's play your catcher in your stack. Obviously, you can do that kind of thing. But again, uh, if you're playing on Fandle, you're playing on Fandle, you don't play any catchers at all. Uh, anything else you have as far as catchers or shall we want to talk about at first base? Let's move on to first. All right, first, it's yours. All right, so for cash, McMahon, or you pay down a little bit for Cabrera just because of his price tag. It's too cheap. Uh, McMahon's in the best spot out of pretty much any first base. How are you saying his name? McMahon. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Damn it. McMahon? What are you saying? Who's McMahon? McMahon? What's McMahon? Uh, friend from high school. <laughs> Is that like a, like a nickname you had for somebody Nick Van? No, no, it, it, that was John. His, yeah, his, the last name is McMahon. So I get confused. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dean. I have friends. Um, <laughs> he is the clear option for cash if you're not going all the way down to Cabrera, which is what you pretty much have to do in order to fit in Verlander. For tournaments, I'm a huge fan of Vogelbach or Bruce. Um, both of them are very good hitters. They're going against Pena, who struggles drastically versus lefties. So they're the clear top GBP plays outside of maybe Reese being the best hitter of all time in a tough matchup, but in a very good ballpark. Marquez could end up giving up a few bombs, or the bullpen can end up giving up a few bombs, and Hoskins is the most likely scenario there. And, yes, I could go for a McMuffin. 
<laughs> the chat is not like giving every single uh, MC, Nick a name possible. Uh, I'm sorry, did you mention Goldie or no? Uh, Goldie's obviously on the board, but I, 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 for tournament, I don't think I'm using him for cash. And for tournaments, I'd rather go with Vogelbach at one fifth the ownership. Yeah, is Vogelbach in the lineup? We don't have it just yet, not confirmed, but uh, I presume I mean, he'll be in there. Yeah, he's, he's he's pretty much got to be. Like maybe he isn't, but he's been. He dude mashes, and he's got the platoon split. I don't like the there prices. Someone here. finally said McLovin. I was waiting for that. Yeah, that was where the sharp money was on McLovin for sure. Uh, but speaking of sharp money, sharp side, sharp side. You know, we're just gonna like the sharp side lock of the day. You want mine? Here's a. You know that you can wager the first five innings. Give me the Dodgers the first five innings over Milwaukee. Chasin is so vulnerable to lefties. You don't have to worry about Josh Hader just yet who still has only pitched like 13 pitches in the last six days or so. So he's definitely lurking. Uh, and Bellinger, uh, Max Muncy, all these lefties against Justine. Justine's absolutely dreadful against left-handers, fine against righties. You know, his splits are pretty dramatic. But we're looking at Peterson, Seager, Bellinger, uh, Muncy, uh, Verdugo. There's a lot of lefties on that Dodgers side. I think the Dodgers get out to an early lead as far as this game. Uh, how about that one? Did you ever wager that when you see that in the sports book? Because I never really look at that too often. But I don't know. I like the Dodgers in the first five innings. No, I've, I've never wagered in a sports book. I just, I'm, 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 I'm a real, real, real basic person that just goes with money lines and over-unders in baseball. Just real simple stuff. All right, fair enough. And do, do you have a lock of the day today? Or you, you think it's going to come up organically throughout the show? Or what do you have? The Rays. The Rays? Yeah, I think that Erod gets a little bit blown up. All right. By the way, I think we're finally going to see Chirinos, right? Like by process of elimination. He's no, no, don't say his name. Don't say his name. <laughs> I had like eighty percent of him yesterday. Luckily, I didn't go with him in cash because I'm not an insane person. But sure. Yeah. Gosh. As soon as like beast started warming up, I'm going. I'm going out. I don't care. I'm done watching baseball the rest of the night. Yeah, I mean, you know, typically you don't. It's not worth the risk. But on yesterday's slate, there was a, it was only what five games. There was like so few pitching options. You had the roster two dudes. Uh, and if you just the, the tricky part with me as far as Torinos is like they raise these guys' prices too high that even if they get in the game, it's still like not like a, an auto like good play. I don't know. It's but I get why you I played mean, them. Like I mean, play. over on Fanduel, it's not really worth it. But DK fantasy draft, you're more likely to get the win if they come to the game because first two innings are basically a shutout every single time there with Stanek, and after that, like he's in for the fifth and probably sixth and maybe seventh inning. By the way, thank you, Chad. It's Yarbrough we're thinking of. You played Yarbrough, not Chirinos. I get those guys confused, too. Whoever um, I did, I, I just yeah. – I, 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 every Tampa Bay pitcher, long relief man, is dead to me. <laughs> Yarbrough, Chirinos, and Beeks, they're all dead to you? Yeah. Uh, Keystone position, second base. You know who's second base eligible in DK is also that McMahon. You can play him at first, or you can play him at second. I think it's McLovin. It's pronounced McLovin. McLovin? <laughs> is, are, is he going to be super popular because of the double dongs yesterday? Like, is, Are people just going to chase that? Like, obviously, the price yeah, is fine. Still a guy batting fifth and cores that's too cheap and has a platoon split versus a guy that gives up a whole lot of bombs. So, yeah, he's going to be popular. Yeah, but the, I guess my, my question is, like, you know, you can fade anybody in baseball. And, of course, it's a 12-game slate as of now. Like, Mike, we get whittled down to an 11-game slate. Um, but, like, if, if you could project them, like, 30 40% owned, I don't know what he is in the ownership projections as of right now. And it's the tough day to do ownership projections always, you know, rain games up in the air. Uh, would you consider fading him or being under, I guess, I suppose? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, I'll include him on a stack, but honestly, 
going with Garrett instead uh, in my stack just to kind of go off the chalk a little bit, take a guy batting eighth. Like going with a lot of the bottom of the order bats, I know they're not nearly as good, but people know that. Like it's it's like Houston. When you stack Houston, almost everyone goes Altuve, Springer, Bregman, Correa. That's just the stack they go with. For Colorado with the current lamp that's out, it's going to be Dahl, it's going to be Blackman, it's going to be Arnado, it's going to be Story, it's going to be McLovin. All of them are going to be pretty much 80% of the stacks are going to have most of those guys, if not all. I mean, Houston's just such a complicated stack, too, because they have those tricky positions covered with elite second baseman, elite shortstop, but you don't get, I mean, what other team has that? Um, I mean, not many. You know, uh, there's the Royals. It was a rhetorical question, Grant. I didn't really want an answer. And, uh, but you're right. It's a good call. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm surprised I got that one. Like, I, I, I thought I would struggle with that one. Yeah, Whit Berryfield out of Arthur Mondesi. But then, like, who else are you going to play? Yeah. Yeah. Willie Hamilton? Oh, they're, they're, they're rolling the uh, the three speedsters at the top today with, with Berryfield, Hamilton, and uh, Mondesi, for what it's worth, against Sabathia. Uh, savvy CC Sabathia. Uh, all right. Uh, we're uh, you mean the guy that struck out 13 batters against the White Sox? Sabathia? Yeah. This year? No, last year. Oh. <laughs> he's not I – mean, he's a savvy vet at this point. He's not a. He's not going to overpower anybody. He just Except gets for the White Sox. Well, just because like the White Sox, as we mentioned before, what did we say? They're terrible? Dumpster fire? What was the adjective we used? Um, five of the hitters are a dumpster fire. <laughs> That's enough. That's more than half, I believe. Um Second base, where are you looking? Cano's too cheap, right? Cano's probably a little bit too cheap there at 3-6. Um, I'd rather try and pay up for Altuve, though. Like, yeah. at least with cash. Like, Altuve's just in a beautiful spot. Going against Smiley. Tune split. Dude mashes. Great park. Like, everything kind of goes towards Altuve. Like, you have three different t- price tiers, though. It's McLovin, if you're not using him at first base. Altuve and Cano. You go with one of those guys. For tournaments, it's a little bit like a little bit sketchier there. I don't know who I want to go with. Mustakas is probably in the mold there. Um, outside of him, like you can go with Witt if that game's going to look clean. Kingry, they raised his price enough where people might be off him going up against Marquez. It's, I, honestly, I'm just rounding out my stack. Second base is like there's three very distinct good plays here, and then nothing. This is wild. I just pulled up the uh, the lineup HQ and you know the uh, the uh, the plate IQ premium scores and of course it has Cano and Altuve one two. It's got nerd power. Eric Sogard third, which is just, I mean they're they're presuming I assume that he's going to lead off against Aaron Brooks. Um, you know he's not he's not going to strike out, but he's not a particularly good hitter hitter either. But uh, he is he's super cheap. Though, you know. Yeah, he is cheap for what it's worth. But I, I agree. I want to get to. I mean Altuve versus a lefty is just money in the bank for years now. Um, and in Texas, probably assuming they play fairly well, he's going to be going to get a grab his five ABs. Just feels like a really, really strong play. Let's jump the third hot corner. What do you have for me? Um, Arenado, obviously, great spend up spot. Bregman, a better play just because of price. Like, clearly, one of the guys that you, if you have the choice between throwing Altuve into your lineup or Bregman in cash, you go with Bregman. It's that simple. Like, you can throw him in there at third base and just move on. Outside of him, if you want to do the, like, lefty-lefty, you can go with Carpenter. Machado, not terrible as a one-off. Turner, I know Chassin, uh does way better 
versus righties than lefties, but Turner's still a good hitter in a good ballpark that's going to go moderately under-owned. Chapman, another guy with some power that's going to go very under-owned. Uh, I like the Tampa Bay stack today. So Diaz is a guy that I'm looking at quite a bit over in tournaments. Um, he's got the platoon split. Rodriguez has, can struggle a time, and I'm not even sure how deep he's going to go into the game. He's not very good against teams that are actually a bit patient and can work the count. Like, that's where he struggles, and this Tampa Bay team is well-prepared pretty much every single game, and they could easily crush him. So Diaz, a guy that my friend Dean talks about quite a bit, is very much in play. Now, who's this character Dean you speak of? Um, I believe he's a mean person is what yeah. they say. That, it only, that's only because it fits the rhyme scheme, let's be honest. I, think. I mean, Chop calls me handsome Grant. That's not even remotely rhyming. He's never called you that on air before. I've never heard that. He like, many the times. I've he never. Many times. It was very flattering and very disturbing. I've never heard him do that before. Uh, I would say, you know, we talked about the Cardinals today. Vargas, uh, he's really, really bad versus righties. You can get him. Uh, lefties can get him, too. I'm, I'm okay with Carpenter as well. I'll just skip over Carpenter against Vargas. I have no issue there. Uh, I thought it was interesting you said, like, in your cash games, you play, uh, if you can only pick one amongst Bregman and Altuve, you take Bregman. For me, it's a 2v2 question. Like, it's a question of, okay, if I'm not going to have Altuve, who's the second baseman I'm going to have? And it's probably Cano because he's fairly cheap. So it's probably okay. Cano and Bregman. Who are you going to pay down with at third? Well, uh, yeah. well, I'm thinking it's, it's it's Bregman and Cano versus Altuve and Carpenter? i I got to see how the math works out. I didn't really do the math in my Altuve's head. Altuve is more expensive than uh, Yeah. Bregman. Yeah, that, that's a reasonable point. I suppose that's true. I just want to play both, though. So how do I make that work? I know we live in the world of a salary cap, but still. Don't play Verlander. Yeah. Go with Sanchez and go with Caleb Smith. Yeah, it's, it, it's a tough call for sure. Um, it, it's an interesting – there's a lot of good uh, decision points so far in this slate. Uh, shortstop, what do you have for me? We're behind on time, Grant. we got to catch up. Story, Correa, Seeger. And that's it. <laughs> if you want to spend down, you can go with Peraza. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's banging the nine hole. No, never mind. Don't do that. You can go with Crawford if you want to spend down, assuming the weather in that game's all right. Or you can go with Simmons batting third is too cheap. Well, Peraza should get a score at bats because he's on the road for what it's worth. I mean, you don't like the nine hole. I mean, you don't like the nine hole. He's not that great. And you have, like, I think you go with Simmons at just 400 more. I mean, he, that price tag is real interesting but yeah i don't know we should mention uh janice we haven't picked on janice at all the whole game and again there's some weather concerns there but assuming it's all clear uh he gives up a lot of fly balls he gets a lot of homers 1.51 homers per nine if you include 2017 and 2019 and of course that, that's sometimes being protected by the ballpark in kansas city yankee stadium will not protect you nearly as much so torres i think is in play and of course judge and we didn't talk about Voight, but certainly Voight. It's another guy. I know that Yankee lineup is looking uh, – I mean, it's not as much of a dumpster fire as the White Sox, but it's bad right now. It's just it's, it's just laundry right there. Those aren't real Yankees half, those guys out there. Nonetheless, uh, let's jump to the outfield before we do our little screen share, before we talk about uh, our stacks, give our favorite homers, and then turn over to the chat because uh, we only have 17 minutes here. What's going? Where did all the time go, Grant? Stop outfield. wasting time. Well, all right. Well, you want to reminisce. Trout, Trout is going against the lefty. He's Mike Trout. Bellinger has been crushing the ball lately. Just seen to, as a rough platoon split. Both of the guys at the top of the lineup in Colorado have the platoon split and are very good hitters. Springer, obviously, going against Smiley, who's terrible. 
it's in it's Houston. All these guys are your go-to in cash if you can afford them. If you can't afford them, it gets a little bit more murky. Castellanos is a little bit too cheap there going against Rodon again, assuming the weather is all right there. Martinez is going against Vargas, and he's absolutely horrible. Vargas is not a good pitcher. Uh, we have Kemp at 3.5K, way too cheap there. Outside of them, it's like those are the only guys you go with in cash. For tournaments, I don't mind taking some shots on Yelich going against Stripling there. I don't expect him to be heavily owned because of how many guys there are up at the top that are very good hitters and in better spots there. Fam, Meadows, I don't care if it's lefty-lefty. I don't expect Erod to go that late into the game. So I like the Tampa bat stacking and throwing Garcia if you want there. Um, Smiley might not go that late into the game, so throwing in Brantley in your Houston stack is not the worst idea in the world. Jimenez is still going against Zimmerman, and he's too cheap at 3.8K. He can end up crushing the ball out of the park there. Like I said, the, my interest in Zimmerman is strictly because of how bad five of the bats are in Chicago, and Jimenez is not that bad. Um, you can go with some of the Mets outfielders. I don't hate Cano. Like, I guess McNeil. Like, I forgot. They don't have that many out, great outfielders. Um, outside of them, it's just I mean, you're just taking tournament shots or rounding out a stack. Oh, I've got to say Bruce because I already mentioned him at first base, but Bruce is one of the top plays on the slate. So let's do the screen share. Grant, remember this? I said there's a pitcher I think is kind of sort of somewhat interesting as far as tournaments today. Uh, it's Disco. Disco Stu. Uh, Anthony Disclafani. You, you have a thought on him at all? I don't want to play him. I, I'd rather go with the Zimmerman because I'm a crazy person. The thing with Disco is that, you know, he's got dramatic splits throughout his career. You know, pretty good against righties, tricky against lefties in the San Diego lineup. Uh, is all right-handed with the exception of Hosmer. I don't think they did a lot of just yet officially. Let me see. Why wouldn't you go with Stram? Uh, I, I just I like I like Disco more. Stram is still kind of adjusting the pitch, and you know he came from the bullpen, and I think his K percentage is not kind of came with him. I don't know. And also, it's, how much fun is it to say Disco too? That's got to be worth something, right? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess. Well, it's the combination of the San Diego lineup being all right-handed. Disco just here. Disco do titillate you. <laughs> Look, uh, the Woba is three three oh one versus righties. This is uh, I made this from two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen. Uh, K percentage twenty two point seven percent versus everybody, but uh, specifically against lefties twenty one point eight twenty one twenty three point five versus righties. Uh, doesn't walk uh, the righties at all. Fifty percent ground balls against righties. You like that? I know you like that. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Not okay. so much. And then if you pull up the old play IQ as far as his team, yes, it's all green as far as the ISO, as far as the WOBA. You got a bunch of sluggers here with Machado and Reyes and, you know, Myers and Renfro and Tatis. These guys all strike out a ton too. Look at all that red when it comes to Ks. Look at all that red when it comes to walks. So he's not going to be walking these guys. He's got a chance to strike him out. I know he's uh, he's given up a couple homers this year. I think two and two the last two games for what it's worth. But the velocity is up too as far as Disco. He's moving away from Cincinnati, which is a tough ballpark. He's moving into San Diego getting a positive bump as far as the pitching perspective. Again, not all in on Disco, but I think he's a really interesting tournament uh, pivot off of Smith, uh, off of Annabelle, or even pairing him with one of those two. That's my pitch for you. It's all I got. I guess you're not sold. That's okay. No, I'm proud of you. And, you know, at least you get to say Disco Stu. And hey, that's good. I that's good from a gift perspective. I said I'm proud of you. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like that was uh, not heartfelt and that was kind of forced, but that's okay. Just like for, we, I have no reason to say I'm proud of you other than the fact that I'm proud of you. Just the same way Chop calls you handsome. It's kind of, he's just, he's just placating you. He's just being nice. But yeah, uh, he's a very kind person, like <laughs> once every three years. 
<laughs> Let me see if anything pops as far as the umpires. We don't have them all just yet, I don't imagine, because there has been uh, some new series starting tonight when they start a new series. You don't really know uh, what's going on. Oh, so we have an extreme hitters umpire in, uh, for the Marlins game, for what it's worth. That doesn't... Oh, that makes things interesting. Um... I mean, I'm not going to completely change my whole thought, but... I'd rather it not be an extreme hitters umpire. I mean, it makes me like, what, have we got any umpire data in the White Sox game? Let me see. I'm, I'm scrolling through and trying to pull through. Uh, what pitch are we looking for in that game? Um, Zimmerman. Zim- yeah, we got a pitcher's umpire, Jordan Zimmerman versus Radon, which is fine. Oh. We'll take that. Oh, gosh. Now Radon's in play. <laughs> Joe, Joe West is out there. But isn't who was the guy that was involved in the Anderson ejection? Because – I guess we don't have time to get into that, but you saw Anderson got ejected for for basically, um, you know, bat flipping, and the R team getting angry for that. That's a whole other conversation. I'm still really confused about that. Like we just suspended him for bat flipping. Well, supposedly he said something too. Uh, it was a verbal thing, but whatever. I think uh, he said I hit a home run, which is just stating facts. <laughs> I don't know exactly what he said. I wasn't there, but he did bat flip, uh, and it was all. And, who is against bad flips? Like it's, it's the old curmudgeons that are. They, they Who's against beating. fighting or beating a batter in baseball? I'm well, absolutely for that. No, that's wrong. Uh, that, that, How that, is that wrong? We allow fighting in hockey. It's you know, I, that's a whole other conversation. Those guys at least have equipment, and they don't have like you know projectiles in hockey where they can throw it 100 miles an hour at you and like really hurt you. But uh, it's, it's a conversation for another day. Um, Baseballs are like tennis balls. They're 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 very soft. They're really not. They're really not. So I'm not sure. <laughs> that's that's that, yeah. That, that's uh, they hurt pretty good, and they they can be defined as a weapon, I suppose. But I guess hands can in hockey as well. But we don't have time for this nonsense, Grant. We only have eleven. So stop minutes. talking nonsense. You're the one that's like forcing the conversation. You brought up hockey. You brought up Tim Anderson. I did. That was on me. My bad. <laughs> it was definitely my bad. I, I saw the news today and I was disappointed. But uh, you know, Major League Baseball is gonna disappoint you most of the time because it's run by a bunch of curmudgeons. Nonetheless. Um, yeah, let's do our, our, our uh, stacks, our dogs. Let's get some questions lined up here in chat. Got about 10 minutes before we step aside and get out of here. A little post questions. Favorite stacks today, Grant? I mean, my total games are good ones. Brewers, Dodgers, Houston, Rockies, Phillies, Angels, Mariners are all good stacks. But if you want something off the board, it's the Rays. The Rays going against Erod, a guy that can just get hammered by guys that are patient hitters. He might not go five innings, and he can get beat up a little bit. There are only three lefties in the lineup, which are two of them are generally two of the guys that I end up going with every time I stack them. But Fam, Diaz, Avisale are all very good hitters, and they're all righties. So I, I'm a big fan of the Rays as a sneaky GPP stack. Give me three dudes that are going yard today. Who's banging one out? Oh, gosh. I mean, I could just go simple and just read off the Rosties starting lineup. But I, I will not do that. Let's see. I'm going Jay Bruce. Going Vogelbach. Okay. And I'm going. How cheap does cheap have to be? I don't even. I think know. you're reading off a line. Are you reading, just reading a lineup at this point? No, no. Those are just two of my favorite plays. I said it multiple times. Like the two guys with the platoon split going up against Pena, who gives up hard contact and doesn't strike out lefties. And it's a decent, decent weather day over in Anaheim. So I, I, I can say what I want. <laughs> Let's go the third one. Fair enough. Uh, I will take, uh, let's see, who's going to go yard? Let me get a cardinal or two. Uh, how about Paul De- Paul DeYoung? We, we haven't mentioned him. Well, he's going to bang one out. <clears throat> I'll take a Carpenter? By Jose Martinez, like 2-2 two, two or 2-3 two, on Fandle. It's good good Fandle play. He's also 3-8 uh, over on DK, too cheap there. 
Yeah, I mean, I have a little bit of a hesitation about him getting the hook sometimes, <clears throat> but uh, he's just he's cheap enough, definitely, to uh, to warrant your a roster spot. Uh, let me get one of these Astros because you know I'm all about that, I'm all about that chalk life. I think Bregman's too chalky. I won't say Bregman. Uh, how about let's say Tyler White? How about that? That's kind of off the board, right? And also, he's on Team Girth. You see Tyler White? He's he's a Husky boy. Yeah, I am a Husky boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's turn over to the chat. Let's knock out some questions here. Uh, Lyles versus San Francisco. Uh, that game looks really, really dicey. Last we saw, it was like orange. Yeah, it does not seem like it's going to play. That's why I didn't I, talk about it. I wouldn't even. Yeah, I wouldn't even play him, considering that he's seven nine. You can get Caleb Smith. You can get Anvil Sanchez instead. Yeah, I mean, it's a good ballpark. It's a terrible team, and Lyles has been better than you think Jordan Lyles is for what it's worth. So I thought he was interesting, but I just don't, I don't think that game plays. Again, stay tuned for crunch time. Roth will give you the final call on that. We might even see that game being, being called um, before, you know, 7 o'clock. Seager versus Correa, who do you prefer? Correa. DeYoung and Bregman versus Correa and Goldschmidt. Those are, like, my favorite players tonight. Uh, that's your call. You got a 2v2. DeYoung Correa. and Bregman. Say it again. Second one. We didn't talk about Bryce Harper. I don't think we did. Maybe in passing. What do you think of Bryce? Phillies are in play. Phillies are in play. But Marquez is a good pitcher. I'm airing more on the Marquez side. I'll probably have a – right as of right now, I have some Philly stacks and I have some Marquez. Any yonder for you? Alonzo, yeah. I think he's in play. The the pitchers um, kind of scares me and the weather scares me. But his price is good enough where I think you can go with him. Let's see. QQ Marathon. What is that? What's what does that mean? That's it just says marathon. What is that? Is that a person? It's a gas oh. station. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Devin's trying to explain to me in my ear, and I still don't know what he's talking about. Grant, what does marathon mean? Any idea? I have no idea. I think it's a questions marathon, is what Devin said. Dean, can you change a diaper? No. Fair enough. Did you I mean what, what would the what were the odds on that? Like you, did you really do know? It's a fairly simple thing that you can just figure out pretty easily. Well, I mean, there's is there instructions on the yeah. box? You, you you put the naked baby in the diaper, and then you close the diaper. I, you could probably YouTube this, right? Is this something that's on YouTube? I think that might be illegal. Well, no. Like, you could shoot it in certain angles. Oh, yeah. You could, yeah, I guess they probably <laughs> have water. <laughs> or you could use, like, a fake baby, right? Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, sure that, I'm sure there's plenty of articles about it. Or how tos. I, I may or may not have to pull over on the side of the road and watch a YouTube video on how to like put air in your tire on a road trip. That may or may how, not have, have happened. <laughs> how do you not? How do you have you made it this far in life without dying? I that's a question that my friends ask me often. Um, but uh, not yeah. It's it's a whole conversation. It's a five ten minute story about the air. We don't. Talk Dean, get it. back on track. We got questions. I know. Uh, Fanduel cash two for uh, Eric Thames and Correa versus White and Seager. Uh, I agree. A little bit of concern. Thames might get the hook. He's one of those guys who can get double swapped out. But I saw, I might have missed this question. I think I flew past it, but they were asking about uh, Betts and JD Martinez. Those guys are getting like a 20% discount on Fandle. They're like 3.8, 3.9, 4K. Uh, I know the ballpark stinks. I know they haven't been like in the best of form or whatever, but I don't care. The talent is the talent. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind them. I think they're pretty interesting on Fandle. On, on DK and Fanschat, they're kind of at. They're kind of market priced to what they normally are, so whatever you can play them, but not as appealing for me. Uh, who do you like in pitcher besides Caleb Smith? 
Um, Anibal Sanchez, Herman Marquez. Let's see, Zimmerman. They're all good. Do you have a lock for the NBA tonight? you have a thought as far as Anuba? I haven't even looked at the lines yet. Um, I'll look at him and go to the next question. OKC is like an eight-point favorite, which seems like a lot. I know there's a, you know, they kind of need the win and all that, but and I know Portland's not this great road team per se, but eight seems like a big number. Yeah, if I remember correctly, OKC is actually better on the road against the spread. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that uh, offhand. Uh, is Bogarts playable in DK for cash? I don't think so. No, no, go Korea. I don't think I'd play him in cash, right? He's basically the same price as those guys, right? Yeah, and, um, Boston plus three. Are they going to win out, right? Yeah. There you go. Uh, does Ozuna get overworked? Where you uh, overlooked? Uh, where do you where you rank him in the outfit position? I like Ozuna a good bit. Uh, he's in great form. He's got a great matchup against Vargas. The tricky part with Ozuna is there's probably some sticker shock on him, right? Because he's he's like what five k, you know, almost ten k on fantasy draft. Yeah, he's, he's one of the nine. and the problem is Martinez. You can get in through your outfield spot at three eight, or you can go Dexter Fowler at three six. But like if you're if you're stacking Cardinals, like Ozuna's got to be Carpenter, you go Goldschmidt, you go DeJong, you go Martinez, you go Molina. Interesting. You don't like Ozuna. It's just tough. Again, we live in a world of a salary cap team. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. And I'd rather but, go DeJong or Goldschmidt at the same price or cheaper. If you roster Disco Stew, that'll open up some salary. I mean, if you but roster Zimmerman, it'll open up some salary. Yeah, yeah. Do we think that game's gonna go? It looks like Jello, right? Is that what we saw last time? Yeah, no, I'm waiting on Roth to figure things out. I think it was yellow orange. So in tournaments, everyone might be all right. Let's see. Pulling it up. Yellow. Uh, there's some light rain possible, but it doesn't look all that wet. My only real concern is the old rain wind wind combination. But if the rain part of that is minimal, the other two should be manageable. So yeah, and the temperatures around the 40s as well too, which should uh. Should suppress the bats. Party pitcher, pitcher, umpire, huge K rate of the White Sox. Oh, am I? Are you? Am I seriously going to play some Jordan Zerman tonight? Is that going to happen? I, I was the only one. Like I, 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 literally, no one really had him in mind, but he is one of the. You know, I'm going out on a limb. You want to make a bet? I bet you Zimmerman outscores Verlander if that game plays clean. Oh come on, stop it! Now you're being silly. Let's let's, let's, let's do it. A shotgun Red Bull bet. I. <laughs> oh man anyway who, who can be worse than mangone as far as shotgunning the rebels you guys saw the previous show uh i can't lock in that i don't like the shotgun i like to just enjoy my drink can i just drink it at like a, a medium pace i mean how about you have to take a shot of maple syrup no maple syrup no why do you not like maple syrup it's fine but like not in shot form i don't know I, I, we'll, figure something out. we'll figure something out but uh, I'll, I'll take verlander versus zimmerman <laughs> Uh, let's see. A couple more questions before we step aside and get out of here. Jock Jans versus uh, versus Blackman and Cash. Blackman. You got to go, go Blackman and Cash. Uh, could you let's see Brooks or Junis? Uh, Junis DK GPP. Ugh. I would say Junis, but I don't feel good about it. I don't want either of them. Yeah, I no, mean, I'm, I'm going to speed through some of these questions. Um, let's see. Marathon QQ. That doesn't make sense. Thames and Korea are white, and so we already win. Never mind. I'm done. You're way in. You're in the <laughs> Desmond and Parra. Are they okay at 4K for tournaments? I don't want to use them, but they're fine. Uh, Tampa, the best tournament stack. That's your take. I don't necessarily agree with that. Well, sorry, balls out. Well, I appreciate the balls out. I, I respect that. Tampa uh, stack and Zimmerman wins a GPP tonight. Okay. 
<laughs> I mean, might be five person GBP, and it might be just because I'm playing him a lot. But. Hey, nobody else is playing that, so that that goes down for sure. That's a yeah, you're gonna have the old screenshot life tonight. Uh, Grant, we got to step aside. We got to get out of here. Anything else for the road? Or I don't know if you see any more questions we may have missed. I had a bad. Uh, I kind of skimmed down, so I may have missed something. I apologize if I did. But the time is telling us we got to step aside and leave because we got to make way for crunch time for Roth. Roth's going to tell you what's going down as far as the weather. I don't know who's hosting with him. I don't have that page up right now, but I'm sure it's I somebody. I have that page up. It oh. is Cardi and Tuttle. Oh man, I can make a shotgun beer bet with Cardi. Yeah, you can lock that in. But if you do that, make sure you jump in the premium chat. Again, if you guys are going to watch Crunch Time, you want to ask a question in Crunch Time, ask it in the premium chat. Uh, Grant, anything else for the road or or, uh, you good to go? Balls out on Zimmerman. Can't top that. He's Grant. I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball. Enjoy your weekend. We're out of here. Holler! See you, kids.